The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios and you are hearing or watching us on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. 1250, 930, also online at PR927FM.com and you can watch the program on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Subscribe to Pirate Radio on YouTube so you can make sure you are uh, notified when we drop a new video like we did earlier today. Mike Houston, day one of ECU Fall Camp. We have his full press conference available to watch on YouTube. So check that out along with this program. Starting back next week, the Brian Bailey Show will be back on our airwaves and on Facebook and YouTube pirate radio trivia got a couple episodes we'll be recording in the next couple of weeks so it's all there for you subscribe to pirate radio tv to check it all out a must-have for this east carolina football season which is just 29 days away from kicking off east carolina taking on appalachian state and day one of fall practice was today we'll hear the audio from mike houston coming up in just a couple of minutes as he spoke to the media following practice number one our guest list looks like this. Got a fun show for you as Brian Weingartz. I invited Brian to come to the show from Greenville Little League Softball World Series uh, coming up. They have revamped the entire field there at Elm Street Park. Uh, and Brian has a posse, and that posse includes Scooter Rogers, Scott Rogers, and also Marvin Jarman. I believe all three of them will be here coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. So that is exciting. We'll uh, talk to those fellas in hour number one. Coming up at 4 o'clock, former J.H. Rose quarterback and Navy midshipman, and he served uh, with the Marines. He is now the director of football operations uh, for the Navy football program. Brian Blick will join us on the program as we'll talk some Navy football. And I really enjoyed my chat with Brian last year. We'll talk to him again coming up at 4 o'clock. At around 4.30, we'll visit with The Voice, Jeff Charles, talk about what's going on in the world of sports. And at 5 o'clock, Bryce Williams makes his weekly appearance on the show. Nate Connor will be in studio as well, the head football coach at D.H. Conley, as we continue to get you ready for the area high school football season, which uh, they began practice a couple of days ago. So a lot to talk about with Nate. And with fall camp beginning, we'll get uh, some of Bryce Williams' fall camp memories. Also remind me to ask Bryce about training camp fights. Was he ever involved in one? I'm going to say no. Did he ever witness one? I'm going to say he witnessed plenty of them at East Carolina and his NFL days. So we'll talk to Nate and Bryce about you want your guys to be revved up. You want them to be intense. You don't want them throwing haymakers uh, at each other. So there's a fine line. We'll talk to those guys about that. All right. uh, uh, The ever-revolving producer chair here at Pirate Radio continues today. And good grief. Uh, Chandler Honeycutt is here. Hello, Chan Man. What's up, Clipper? You are in the Shirley chair, uh, yep. audio production today. And helping out with the video production, we have Jenny Shelton, who joins us. Hello, Jenny. What's up, Clip? Good to see you. Yep. Team you, B, C, maybe in the house today. Team C, Team G. 
for jenny there we go uh you uh have been busy today if folks have checked out our facebook our twitter our instagram you've seen some awesome pictures and video from day one of ecu football practice and you were out there uh with glenn getting those right i was i was out there this morning doing some photos those are still to come going up on all our social media pages but there was a lot of excitement even though it was a little drizzly this morning but all in all it was a good day to be a pirate day one football in the books we'll hear from mike houston right about now chandler honeycutt let's uh, run down what he had to say following today's first practice let's get the opening comments first great to be out uh, day one of practice uh, exciting day um you know it's just good to be back uh, be back together and uh, a little bit more normal we may not be completely normal just yet uh you know in 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 this country or in this region but uh you know, it's, it's good to be a little bit closer to, to doing what we uh, are accustomed to doing this time of the year. So um, good enthusiasm, uh, good effort from the kids. Uh, had a lot of the first day stuff. Uh, I told uh, the players that, you know, the, the thing that's just so glaring right now is you, you have those young guys from last year that got a lot of experience. Okay, now, you know, they look at, you know, they're not as bright-eyed out there. And you have the, the new guys or the young guys are just coming in, and they're like a deer in a headlight out there today. So... Uh, it's just uh, it's refreshing to have uh, the experience coming back that we do have uh, from the guys that played so much last year. So uh, day one's in the books. Uh, get a, uh, some meetings in this afternoon, walk through tonight, and get ready to go tomorrow morning. There is Mike Houston, his opening comments today following East Carolina's first football practice of fall camp. Uh, as Jenny said, a little bit drizzly. Uh, coach was asked about handling the wet conditions out there. Well, just you, the thing you don't want to do day one is just rip up your grass fields. I mean, we've we've stayed off of them for over a month to make sure that they're in shape. So you had to uh, you had to be a little bit careful. And it gets a little congested with uh, the whole team on the turf, so you, you can't do that because of safety. So it's you know, but it's, it's good. It's good to get some moisture. It makes people you know work on handling a wet ball. Uh, I don't ideally want it day one with uh, guys that are you know first college practice with some of them, but. Uh, Hey, it is what it is. They had to deal with it, and uh, we got through and functioned just fine. Mike Houston asked how the uh, new transfers coming in have looked. Had a pipeline uh, from the Marshall Thundering Herd and some others as well. Here was his response. Well, I mean, I, th- I think that some of them are going to help us. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, some there's still some unknown about. Uh, the guys that were with us in the spring is a little bit more known. But, uh, I mean, you're sitting here day one in helmets. I mean, I don't know how much I can tell about uh, some of the kids just yet you know ask me ask me that question here in about two weeks there is mike houston following day one of ecu practice fall camp has begun and after spring ball uh the guys kind of go off do their own thing but also it's a, a big a big part of that time is weightlifting, conditioning summer workouts and mike houston was asked if the team showed up in good shape bigger faster stronger we're in better shape we look a heck of a lot better um i think uh continued mental progression as far as just uh, some 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 mental discipline, mental toughness, uh, camaraderie. Uh, I think those are the biggest things. That just comes from, you know, having a couple of months, uh, you know, of training together. All right, they'll go from helmets to shells to full pads and some scrimmages uh, mixed in there before we get to the opening kickoff against Appalachian State. And Mike Houston was asked about balancing those physical practices while also trying to stay healthy. How difficult is that to do? How do you go about doing that? Well, I'm, to be honest, it's not going to change us a ton. 
uh, you know, we have a few less full padded days uh, during preseason camp, but um, you know, a lot of the things that we have, have done in the past, you know, won't change. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, all of us, you know, I say us, you know, the, the head football coaches that run camps, you know, you want to, you got to get that contact in because that, that protects the kids too. If you don't have enough contact during preseason camp, you go out there, you'll be beat up by week three because they're not used to the physicality of the game and you're probably not going to play very well. So it's just always the fine line of you have to get enough contact, you have to get enough physicality, you have to get enough, you know, reps and all that stuff during preseason camp and, you know, be healthy and be, uh, you know, be fresh and ready to go when the opener gets here. There is Mike Houston. A popular question and topic I've brought up a lot leading up to this season is what do the what's the running back situation look like beyond Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell? And Mike Houston was asked about that again today as they began fall camp. Well, and it's something I will talk to the kids about this afternoon. When we had our first practice last year, I think Rajay was our fourth team tailback and Keaton was our fifth team tailback. Uh, and now, you know, look what a difference a year makes. Uh, you know, so I think in that room, it doesn't really matter where they are today. What matters is where they are when we get ready to play on September 2nd. And, uh, you know, I think you know, I think all of us know who number one and number two are, or number one and co-number one uh, is kind of the way we see it. Uh, we got to figure out first is who's that next back. You know, uh, is it uh, is it a, a, an older guy like Maceo? Uh, is it a young guy like, you know, Pop or Jamani? You know, who is it? So, uh, you know, the thing is, they'll they'll figure that out. You know, nobody can say around here that you don't, the kids don't determine the depth chart because, uh, you know, they do it by their play on the field. Mike Houston lives by that. I remember last year, even week to week, early in the season before, I guess, Rajay and Keaton really defined their roles. We'd ask leading up to games and ask Coach Kirkpatrick as well, you know, who's uh, who's number one at the depth chart of running back? And they would say, well, we still got a couple of uh, days of practice left this week. So he does let the players determine who gets the playing time, but heading into this season, pretty clear that Rajay Harris, Keaton Mitchell are uh, going to be uh, two guys we see a lot of. The question is, who beyond those guys will we see toting the rock for ECU in 2021? How about the line, the offensive line? You've got some numbers there. They've been able to develop some depth. Guys have played different positions, and uh, I think it was Stephen Igo, uh, it could have been Ronnie, who asked about the line, uh, the center position with Fernando Fry playing last year, and he's played a lot of football there. Also, Avery Jones has been worked in at the center position, and uh, here's what Coach Houston said. Well, I mean, we know we know Fernando can do can play there, start there, do a great job there. What you're trying to do is get your best lineup on the field and fit guys. We have the luxury for the first time since I've been here of, you know, you have two pretty solid groups of offensive linemen. So you're trying to fit, you know, who fits where based on their abilities the best. And it's not just, you know, let's just get five guys on the field that can, you know, hopefully function. Uh, you know, Avery, very intelligent, very athletic, runs really, really well. Um, you know, he could be a really, really good center in this league. Uh, Fernando, Fernando can play center. Fernando can be really a really good guard in this league. So you really, you're, you're just trying to figure out where they function best. Uh, same thing with Nashad, same thing with Trent. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys that have some flexibility positionally. You're just trying to figure out where they, where they fit best and get our best lineup in the next, you know, three or four guys uh, ready. Did you hear the loud uh, knock on wood there when he said that as of right now, 
knock on wood they do have enough for too deep there at the offensive line position football is a game of attrition a game of next man up but as of right now the pirates and that seems to be the situation almost across the board for east carolina this year a lot of numbers at the d-line position linebackers you've got a stable of veterans and and some younger guys behind them and then i'm excited about the secondary as well we'll talk about that later with jeff charles here on the program uh coach houston was asked by the big dog glenn griffin uh does he have to pull some guys back uh from going too hard on day one of practice it is it's kind of a mixed bag you know you have those guys you know i'm, I'm worried about uh, demetrius mooney tackling somebody on day one uh and bruce Bivens bringing the hammer right. on day one yeah and, and and but you know but you know we didn't have anything too bad today. But you had those guys, and then you got, like I talked about before, you have maybe a, a, a younger guy that's not real sure of himself yet, and you got to try to speed them up. So it, pretty common day one stuff today. Uh, you know, they'll kind of fall into a, you know, fall into a rhythm here in the next couple of days. But, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be pulling them back than trying to speed them up, you know, especially with the older guys. Mike Houston there. Brian Bailey asked Coach Houston about the AAC media poll, which has East Carolina sitting eighth. Cincinnati, of course, the uh, preseason pick to win it after their phenomenal 2020. And here's what Coach Houston said. Well, I haven't seen the preseason poll, so I haven't got you eighth. But uh, it doesn't matter what the preseason poll says. It matters what the postseason poll says. You know, last time I checked, that's the most important one. But uh, I do think Cincinnati is – until somebody knocks them off, uh, you know they're the they're the best team in the league. You know they won the league championship last year. I thought they were the best team we played last year. Uh, so uh, you know certainly they're they're the the, the preseason favorite. Uh, but this is a tough league. This is this league has a lot of depth. Um, you know you you never know week in and week out. You know it's going to be you're going. I like our chances in every game we play, but it's going to be a freaking dogfight every week. Freaking dogfight. The poll shows Cincinnati as uh, the winner um, when this thing plays itself out with Central Florida second. They received two first place votes, Cincinnati receiving 22. After that, and I think this is pretty fair, there's like three teams there. I think Tulsa has to take somewhat of a step back after their um, fantastic 2020, but. SMU, Houston, Memphis, all kind of grouped together there at 3-4-5. Then I think there is a smaller group with Tulsa, Tulane. And then the final four, East Carolina, Navy, Temple, South Florida. I think East Carolina has an opportunity to get right there in the middle of the league ahead of Tulane and Tulsa. Uh, Perhaps Memphis, although Memphis uh, can still put up a ton of points. So it looks like the league is separated in tiers with the top tier being Cincinnati and a tad below that UCF. And then the second tier, SMU, Houston, Memphis. The third tier, Tulsa, Tulane. And East Carolina right now in the fourth tier. The top of the fourth tier, but the bottom tier regardless with Navy, Temple, and South Florida. Pirates were able to get past South Florida and Temple last year. Coulda, woulda, shoulda beat Navy uh, if Holden Naylor's plays uh, instead of Mason Garcia. And we all know what happened in the Tulsa game on the road when the Pirates were robbed. So that is a, uh, a look at day one of ECU football practice. Once again, you can, and that was just a little bit, a uh, little bit of Mike Houston after the first practice today. You can check out the entire video if you go to our YouTube page at Pirate Radio TV. Um, other news and notes Mike Oresco 
talked earlier today at american media days and he had to come out and say that um there was no collusion no collusion no plan no plot to destroy the big 12 um and to pair up with espn and raid the conference uh, oresco said quote our conference has never strategically aligned or plotted with espn to influence conference structures uh, any suggestions or statements that we colluded with espn with regard to the structure of any other conference is a completely unfounded and grossly irresponsible accusation and that's all i really have to say about this at this point end quote so that was mike oresco earlier today responding to bob bowlsby's claims that espn and the american uh, got together to uh, strong arm some big 12 teams away from the conference and into the american so as the world turns with conference realignment a new story every day and uh i guess that is the news today yesterday it was the pac-12 and big 12 getting together to potentially uh form some some sort of partnership uh there was a uh notre dame is still kind of out there on an island by themselves and at some point if this goes to the super conference model they're gonna have to join somebody they can't just stay out of it but uh chandler i I know we saw this earlier today is this their first game against toledo uh it's either their first game or their home opener uh but it's going to be televised on well I guess streamed technically on Peacock. They okay, to, that's fine because you can just sign up for Peacock and watch it for free. No, no, you are you are, no? you are incorrect, sir. They had their spring game on Peacock that was streamed free. If you want to watch their season opener slash home opener, which one first it is, game of the season, um, you'll have to sign up at, for a, a subscription, and it will cost you. And that's all, folks. Notre Dame, you have to pay to see their game against Toledo. Now, I'm a sucker. I have all these stupid streaming services, so I'll have it. But I'll tell you what I won't do. Like, flip away from my regular rotation of ESPN, Fox, and everything to turn on Peacock to watch this stupid game. I mean, that is... And uh, I believe the Pirates will be streaming a game this year on Facebook. ECU will be playing on Facebook. How dumb is that? It's the world we live in. Uh, they will be taking on Marshall. So while you watch the game, you can post recipes, pictures of your dinner. And um, catch a game. Post all your um, COVID and poli- political conspiracies and watch some football. They're just catching up to us, right, Club? Because we've been streaming on Facebook for years. Yep. <laughs> who knew it. we were ahead of the curve always are when it came to that are they gonna do it like we used to have it and have an uh have an ipad like up in the press box and that's the gonna be the one camera for the game it, how many cameras are they gonna have that, that's a good question and it moves with the wind and the crowd chanting yeah like it shakes the whole time i don't know about this uh well i, I do know say about it's this. gonna look like a regular broadcast but it'll be on facebook but in that case <coughs> then why not just have it on some sort of national television no he did look back i think it was john moody uh a1 listener is that what we call him p1 p1 a1 is a steak sauce um that gave me a link to a conference usa basketball game that was on facebook and it did look like a, a you know a high quality uh broadcast so yeah i feel like it uh it, it'll go okay all right let's take a time out when we return 
Brian Weingartz was invited to the show, but he doesn't go anywhere without his posse. His gang. Scooter will be in the house, Scott Rogers, and the legendary Marvin Jarman as well, if he is awake in the next four minutes through this break. We got Weingartz, Rogers, and Jarman joining us. When we return, we'll talk about the uh, Little League World Series going on in Greenville. Also, Greenville Little League getting ready to get underway with the Southeast Regional beginning on Friday. And uh, we'll talk about that and more with the fellas when we return after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Got damage? Damage from wood rot? Fixed. Damage from smoke or fire? Fixed. Damage caused by water? Fixed. If you got damage, use a contractor that works for you, not your insurance company. Visit FixedNC.com today or call 999-0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and a one. FixedNC, restore, renew, and maintain. Let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, we got a packed studio here in Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live as we will get you set for the 2021 softball, Little League Softball World Series going on right here in Greenville, North Carolina. And joining me... The trio of Brian Weingart, Scott Rogers, and Marvin Jarman here today on the program. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Good to see y'all. Brian, uh, wearing his Tigers gear with pride, as they're playing some pretty good baseball right now. Yeah, we've um, we've uh, gotten within a couple, two and a half games of the Indians and 12 games out of first and uh, five, within five games of 500, so life's good. A little ahead of schedule, right? Uh, I, I guess so, but uh, it's really been exciting since... Uh, since uh, the early part of may they've been playing pretty good well uh scott we had you on a couple weeks ago uh mm-hmm. talking little league and a little bit of the world series and i asked you how brian weingartz was handling the the deconstruction of the field over there i think you said he was handling it quite well right he was very excited brian i tell you what and i don't know if it's a finished product yet i do follow the pictures that you post it looks beautiful and uh whatever they've done they've done a fantastic job to get that field ready for the softball world series coming up yeah, and we got Chris Ball, who's a Greenville boy. He's a he's a pro. He's a, a former professional groundskeeper, and I mean, what what he says, I do, and um, it's uh, it's really turning out nice. We 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 were doing a little bit of work on it before we came over here. It's it's dried up really nice from the overnight rain, and um, we're really think it's going to be a good playing field for the young ladies to play on. So let's get the who, what, when, where. When when does the softball World Series begin? Um, the games begin at 10 o'clock um, next Wednesday, um, the 11th. And so um, we'll have games at 10, 1, 4, and 7, I think, for six days. Is that right, Scoot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10, 10, 1, 4, and 7 for six days. And then we'll um, we'll get down to eight teams at that point. We're starting off with 10, and then we'll have an eight-team single elimination um, after that. So to go from Wednesday the 11th to what the end of the following week? Goes yeah, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday to Wednesday the 11th to the 18th. Okay, and uh, and exciting. How many teams do you have coming in for the event? 
10. Mm-hmm. 10 teams all from the United States. Correct. This uh, year. No international play, unfortunately. And, uh, and yeah, so how hands-on are you guys, and how much is it the, the governing body of the uh, Little League Softball World Series? Um, we're doing, uh, I mean, Scooter handles all the press, com- uh, the press box, um, things, you know, I mean, he's done all the scheduling for scorekeepers and announcers and things of that nature. So are you going to be on edge like Malcolm Gray is on game day? Are you <laughs> kicking people out and probably not on that much edge, <laughs> but, uh, it will be definitely different than when Kiwanis is playing Optimist <laughs> in the right. regular season at Elm Street Park. Um, but I'm very excited. We're obviously, uh, it's going to be a great deal for Greenville, and uh, can't wait for next Wednesday to get here. And Brian, when Little League's going on, you're you're doing everything. You're field umping, handling every whatever you need to do. Uh, so, what are you doing with the softball World Series? Um, I think I'll be mainly, you know, helping out with the field and, um, you know, in, in just different operational aspects of the event. Um, I don't think my role's uh, really clear cut, um, but um, I, I pretty much know how to do most everything around there, you know, that doesn't have to do with um, technology or electronics. <laughs> and so um, I, I should be, uh, you know, helping out with things like that. You stick to what you're good at, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the thing is, the, the thing around Elm Street Park is everybody knows we have a hammer, we have a wrench, and that's about it because those are the only two tools they know how to use. So people get frustrated if they come by and they say, hey, do you have, a, you know, a pair of pliers or something? I was like, I can't use those. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, you just got to stick with your strengths. There you go. Uh, Mar- does Marvin have a role for the upcoming Softball World Series? Um, Marvin. Marvin's definitely a goodwill ambassador, and I think he's um, he's going to be enjoy meeting people from around the country. I think you you agree with that, Marv? Yeah. <laughs> All right. There you go. Asked and answered. Uh, we got Brian Weingart, Scott Rogers, and Marvin Jarman here inside the Pirate Radio studios. Uh, do we have a, a local team to to root for? Uh, there is a team from North Carolina, the Southeast runner-up, Rowan Little League from Salisbury, and they are actually the defending Little League Softball World Series champions wow. from 2019. And unfortunately, no tickets available for this event. Is that right? So the stadium portion will be ticketed only. That is going to be for parents and VIP members. But in the outfield areas will be general public uh, seating, a very limited amount of seats. So people do have an opportunity to go. They do. Okay, great. How many, do you know that number, Scooter? Uh, what and however many can fit in there and see the game be, right. be behind the barricades and is that like you show up and get them do you get them beforehand yeah pretty much you know if you show up and there's somewhere to stand or somewhere to sit out in the outfield that you can sit there okay great so uh okay there will be an opportunity for the general public to check mm-hmm. it out uh in the uh, outfield beyond the fence mm-hmm. is that right that's right all right uh what else do we need to know uh about this event coming up yeah just i mean a couple things i mean you know scooter mentioned that parents will be able to sit in the stadium i mean the, each team gets 99 tickets so it'll be parents and supporters um and so um ho- hopefully that'll cover some of the teams um we have a team from chesterfield virginia coming which is relatively close and i would imagine it's uh, a lot of them will drive down um, obviously, a lot of people will come from Salisbury. Um, we have uh, you know, teams from other parts of the country that aren't as drivable, so the 99 tickets will probably more than cover them. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the, the, the fact that a lot of people, I think a lot of the local people in Greenville, 
tend to watch the games from the the parking lot area the uh behind the outfield fence especially in right field and down the right field lines um we're hoping that um that attendance isn't affected a whole lot by that and um uh, just another thing to uh, let people know locally, the, the street will be closed off um, uh, in the Elm Street area. Actually, Elm Street, the entire street will be closed, and so there'll be no through traffic in that area, but there'll be food trucks, um, lots of exciting things going on um, in that area. And um, parking, a lot of people have asked about that. Our main parking lot is the parking lot at the bottom of College Hill at College Hill and 10th Street. And so if you're uh, looking for a parking place, that is going to be the main parking lot for the event. Not to say there won't be a little bit of parking maybe down the street, but if you want to for surely get a parking spot, go to the bottom of College Hill, park there. It's a five-minute walk on the Greenway um, through the woods behind the Drew Steel Center, which is right across the street from Elm Street Park. And um, it's a very pleasant walk. It's shaded. And um, hopefully, um, you know, that, that part of it won't be so bad as far as having to get from your car to the stadium and for folks that uh that won't be attending it will be available to watch on television or streaming correct that's correct the first all the pool play games will be on espn plus and then uh once they get out of pool play they will go to linear networks anywhere from espnu espn news um i know semi-final day on tuesday both of those games will be on espn2 and the championship is scheduled for five o'clock on Wednesday on ESPN. So this is uh, this is year one, supposed to be year two in Greenville, correct? Mm-hmm. How long uh, will this event be in Greenville, Brian? Five years is what our contract with Little League Baseball is between Little League Baseball and the city of Greenville. Um, does that uh, include last year, or that, does this year start that, counting? The, the count starts this year. Okay, gotcha. And um, it's been indicated to us definitely that if um, you know that if if we're all happy with each other and we do a good job with it, that we'll be able to have this here for many many years and that's what what our intent is and our hope is is to have it here you know for 20 30 years whatever it might be um of course we're a long way from that now but we do plan on working hard and doing the best we can to put on a good show for everybody that's fantastic we'll we'll talk about the uh, little league baseball greenville team in a moment but i can't remember if troy asked you scooter or if he asked Corey uh scott uh, you know the the southeast regional always in warner robbins georgia Mm -hmm. and it's been in florida i believe mm-hmm. you know have you ever brian or have y'all ever tried to get that here and and how would you that, even start to go about doing th- that? that is where the that is where literally southeast regional headquarters is is in warner robbins that's where their office building is so, so that that hands not, off yeah and warner <laughs> robbins in my opinion is by far the best regional site of the eight in the country and i would that place is not going to be moving anytime so, so as nice as you have it here in greenville it's Warner Robins is, is a is wow. very beautiful. It is a beautiful complex awesome. down there, and okay. they take a great care of that place. Can you guys stick around a little bit longer? Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll uh, get more details on the Little League Softball World Series coming up here in Greenville. Talk some uh, Little League baseball and uh, maybe some Rose athletics. We had Will Bland in studio last week. Got high school football coming up soon. Don't tell Marvin, but Nate Connor, D.H. Conley coach, is coming up later on in today's show. Hopefully he didn't hear that. I don't think he did. Uh, but we will uh, talk more with Brian Weingart, Scooter Rogers, and Marvin Jarman when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this.
are listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight at AJ's, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Yeah, we'll be having some fun tonight, 8 o'clock at AJ McMurphy's. Come check us out. Sports trivia uh, coming up tonight. And uh, Brian, when you are when you ever get a day off or a week off, uh, come check us out. Bring your posse with you to AJ's, and I'll do it all. Whatever you want. I'll do Detroit category, baseball, whatever you want. Uh, bring RV, Marvin, and the crew, and, and we'll play. We're in. I like right. He would yeah. win hands down. Oh, he is a sports encyclopedia from the I 70s know. and 80s right there. That's why I wanted to come out and play one night. All right, so uh, we got the crew in here talking Little League Softball World Series. More on that in just a moment. But, guys, uh, some baseball still to be played down in Georgia as the Greenville Little League All-Stars are – going to be playing on friday right mm-hmm. game one mm-hmm. coming up uh warner robbins that's right friday morning at 10 o'clock on espn plus they will be playing the west virginia state champion from shenandoah junction west virginia hmm. sounds like a beautiful place <laughs> in the country uh and this team this is a long layoff Corey scott said he wasn't a huge fan of you know winning uh what the state mm-hmm. and then having to sit for two weeks and this is going to run into kids going back to school and all that stuff but either way you play them when they tell you to play them and uh, he's, his guys i'm sure will be ready to go right and the, re- the regional world series are at their normal dates the state tournament was a lot earlier than it normally is that's why there is such a big layoff but uh we're i'm excited to see what this team can do down there and with no international teams in the little league world series this year all they got to do is get to the championship game because um, both the champion and runner-up from each region goes to the world series this year so how does the softball world series that you guys will be working uh conflict with the baseball world little league baseball world series we are scheduled to end the day before baseball starts so we end on the 18th they start on the 19th so brian do you have in your calendar a potential trip to williamsport this yeah, year i'm not sure about that but we'll we'll see <laughs> <laughs> okay one day at a time uh brian weingard scooter rogers marvin jarman here hanging out in the pirate radio studios uh so you like uh you like their chances scooter they only have to win they win three they're automatically in they lose one they might have to add right another game um, or two but yeah they uh this the southeast is always a very tough region um georgia is always very good tennessee is always very good uh virginia has been a state that has been very competitive over the past couple years uh, so you know they go down there and play good um and pitch the ball well they they should have a great shot at winning that thing or at least getting to the championship scooter are you the pa voice of the jh rose rampants this mm-hmm. coming year yes sir we talked to will bland last week i believe they have a new quarterback they will uh but a ton of weapons right yes a ton of weapons returning uh they will have a new starting quarterback with wade jarman graduating uh this past spring 
not sure exactly who it's going to be yet. I have a good idea of who, but I don't want to say anything in case oh, you know Will Bland gets... You got your sources. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, it'll be fun to watch the Rampants play this year, especially in the new conference this year with a... It isn't... I, I can't even put it into words how loaded... So Brian Bailey was going over the other day. He was like, well, Rose will be good and, and Conley will be good and Jacksonville and Havelock will be good and New Bern. <laughs> I was like, Bailey, somebody's going to have to lose. Exactly. Like, they are going to eat each other alive. I'm interested mm-hmm. to see what the the team that wins the league's record is they could have two three conference losses right and you're you're exactly right and it, and there's going to be good teams in that conference that do not make the yeah. playoffs this year uh south central or i'm sorry conley and newburn will be battling out for the 4a spot from the conference but with everybody else being 3a it's going to be a fun football season to watch yeah i can't keep up with classifications and conferences and all that it seems to switch all the time but it's gonna be a lot of fun we'll talk a little conley football coming up in the five o'clock hour uh brian uh talk a little major league baseball i don't remember a trade deadline with this many big names and you've got your regulars with the yankees adding some bats uh the dodgers but the padres were active the giants were active the white Sox uh made some moves and uh, it was uh, it was a crazy deal there late last week. Yeah, I mean the the White Sox are really good, and they're they're um, I think they're nine games up. I think we just looked today, and um, so they're they're tough, man. But my team we're just, we're trying to we're trying to catch the Indians or whatever their name is now. The Guardians, the Guardians, and that's in doubt too right now. So who knows? But we're just trying to catch them. We got as many wins as they do, but we played five more games. And we've lost all five of the extra games that we've played, and so we're two and a half games behind the Indians. So. And, yeah, you can uh, finish second place in that division, and that'll be huge uh, moving forward for the team, which is a, a team that uh, – where are they at in their rebuild, Weingarts? When are we talking about the Tigers being a uh, playoff threat? No, Next they've, been, they've been rebuilding my whole life. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right, you know, because I, I support them all the way, so hopefully – I, I think I think they're going to be in the the hunt for something next year, definitely. You had a year, you had a Scherzer Verlander yeah, run, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Two thousand six, we won. Two thousand twelve, we went to World Series. Yeah, just didn't do very good when we got the World Series, but that's all right. And Scooter, the uh, the Braves are on one of the <laughs> most hilarious streaks I've ever seen in my life. Oh, Marvin's awake. Did the Braves talk wake him up? Lost win, lost win, lost win. They've done it like 17, 18, mm-hmm. 19 times. They've done it for a month. Uh, so they're going to lose tonight. Yes, yeah, right, because they won last night. To the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But they, they NL East is there for the taking. I still think the Mets are going to implode one way or the other. Yeah. The problem is, are the Phillies or the Braves or anybody else going to win enough games to, to catch them? Right, and I've been telling people all all year, the Braves, they're they're a win streak away from getting right back in the hunt in the NL, NL East. This, bad news is the bad they can't win two in a row. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I was in Atlanta for my birthday this year and got to see them play the Rays. And what game the game on Friday went extra innings. They lost in 10, and then they beat the Rays 9 nothing on Saturday. So they definitely got the pieces there to beat, obviously, very good teams. They yeah. just for some reason cannot put it all to all together this year and uh marvin charman you're about to uh go watch some major league baseball right catch yeah. up with joe west yeah where are you heading philadelphia the philadelphia phillies will be playing the mets. the new york mets so and uh who are you going with um well well vincent yeah rv all right and he's buddy y'all are buddies with joe west yeah clay mellon clay mellon clay so is this and Joe's two boys? Okay, is this and, Joe? And Lenny Phillips. 
Randy Phillips as well. <laughs> is this Joe's last season? Has he announced uh, it? Was that way? Okay. Um, I uh, when we had RV on, I asked uh, him if he had talked to Joe West about the the new rule where the mm-hmm. umps have to inspect the pitchers, and I and he said I've talked to him about it, and I can't say on the air what he told me about it, <laughs> which made me believe I don't think Joe West is a fan of accosting pitchers I, when they come off the mound. If I had to take a good guess, I would say he is not a fan of it. <laughs> Man, he has seen a ton of changes during his time in uh, Major League Baseball. I'm ready for him to hang it up so we can get him on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Although I don't know if he wants to talk to me. I mentioned a lot that my grandfather, before he passed away, Braves fan, said that Joe West uh, hated the Braves and always cheated every time he umped a Braves game. <laughs> So that's how I became a sports fan. I'm one of those sports conspiracy guys, like my uh, my grandfather. But anyway, that'll be fun. When do you? Uh, when's the trip, Marvin? Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. This week. Yeah. All right, you're about to head out of town. That's cool. All right, good deal. All right, gentlemen. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up with some more uh, Little League Softball World Series talk. What else do we need to know as we head into a big week? Uh, of softball coming next week uh i think it's going to be an outstanding week at elm street park uh if you have any time to come down there and watch any games do it you will not regret it at all it'll be some of the best softball you've probably seen in your entire life uh i was down in warner robbins last week for the softball regional and saw both virginia and north carolina play and they can play uh and obviously just seeing them two play i know the other eight teams in this tournament are going to be really good and can't wait to watch them play yeah. brian you ready to go yeah and and i just don't want people to be there are, there are uh covid restrictions in place um it, but i mean it's going to be pretty user friendly as far as being able to tell where i can and cannot go and we have a lot of good places to watch the games from and um so don't don't hesitate to to come out and watch a day or night or two of it and because it, it's going to be an outstanding event and one we hope to have here for a long time and once again for somebody who's not a family member uh and doesn't get one of those stadium tickets you can go check it out and and be beyond the fence and watch it uh go over the parking and, and how people can go up and get their tickets one more time okay for the, so for the general public ticket tickets aren't required i mean you just show oh okay up, you, you just show, show up. up and find a place there's okay. no, no charge to get in no charge for parking and um like i said our main parking lot the one we're encouraging everybody to go to um is at the bottom of college hill and uh 10th street ecu is asking and we're trying to guide people to to not come into the the lot off of 14th street meaning you have to drive they want to try to keep the traffic limited on college hill drive so if you come into the lot just turn, turn in off of 10th street it's right there and um, there'll be signage and uh, the, it indicates how to get to the park from there and, and what path to take. And um, and it's and we've timed it. We've done all this stuff in the past several months. We've had 18 months. So we know it's a five-minute walk through the trees to get there. If you walk slow, it's five minutes. If you walk fast, it's four minutes. We've had all this time to figure this stuff out. So... <laughs> So, how many uh, trial runs did you go on there oh my gosh dude, we, we did that we rode it on a golf cart to see how quick you can get there on a golf cart you know da, 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 da. we've done all this stuff we've had 18 months and so wow. we're, we're ready to go next week good deal and uh before we go marvin uh, a couple questions who, who do you got in the world series this year who do you think wins it well uh well maybe the Yankees, but they gotta get a little hot yeah, they got to catch a few teams there, the Red Sox and Rays. Blue Jays uh, strong there, too. How about uh, ECU football? You got a prediction on the record this year? 
Well, it should be the, well, never know, but it should have a winning season. Winning season? Go back to a bowl game finally? Yeah. Man, that'd be awesome. Scooter, you on board with that? I'm on board with that. I'm already. I am calling a win against the Gamecocks this year. In All right. Is that a guarantee? I don't know if it's a Tony Collins guarantee, but it's a scooter. It's a scooter prediction. Ah, oh, <laughs> scooter prediction. Okay. Uh, do we take care of App State? It, look, if we win that first game, mm-hmm. and then do what you say we are going to do, I mean, it's going to be a, a packed house for that week two on September 11th with South Carolina. You win mm-hmm. that one. People be fired up around absolutely, here, man. absolutely. Man. I'm very looking forward to the game in Charlotte against App State too. Cannot wait for yep. that. It'll be fun. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out, Brian. Appreciate it. Thanks uh, for having us on. Good luck to you guys. Have fun next mm-hmm. week and beyond with the softball World Series coming to Greenville, North Carolina. Marvin, thanks for hanging out. Enjoyed it. Okay. All right, and make sure you're tuned in uh, on the way home. Brian Blick gonna be our guest. Uh, he's going to talk some Navy football and about his time at J.H. Rose, too. Okay. All right. Good How many deal. state championships did he win? Two. two. One of the No, maybe two. Yeah, that's pretty good. He was uh, part of a dominant team there at uh, J.H. Rose. Was that Andre Brown or was that Jonathan Williams? Who was his running back there, Marvin? Do you remember? With Blick. Man. Jonathan Williams, I think. I think it was Williams, yeah. Yeah. No way I'm going to stump him. I could ask him a million questions. <laughs> coaching the. What's Greg, that? Greg Thomas was coaching. Greg Thomas, yep, that's right. Uh, some great teams well, there. We won four straight. Four straight. <laughs> there you go. Get him talking rows. We'll go in a roll. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for hanging out, fellas. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll have hour two of Pirate Radio Live and talk to former J.H. Rose quarterback now the director of football operations for the navy midshipman brian blick he'll join us coming up when we return on pirate radio live after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. Selectbank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Villa Verde on 10th Street and Villa Verde Dose by the Hospital are open for you serving unique and healthy dishes from Dominican Republic. Order online at myvillaverde.com or the Villa Verde app. Order a family meal that feeds six to seven people and they will have it ready for curbside pickup today. Whether it's dining or takeout, Villa Verde is a platform for good. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, fun hour number one with the crew there, Marvin Jarman. Brian we just left the building. And uh, Scooter Rogers. We had to get Marvin out of here before Nate Connor comes on in hour three. We don't, with Glenn usually handles our security, uh, but the big dog's not here. So we didn't want any violence, any fisticuffs to go down. Any, I got your back, Clip. Don't worry. I, I'm not worried about my back. You're going to have to separate I, Marvin Jarman and Nate Connor. If I was Nate Connor, I would be scared. Uh, he is, and you know we're gonna let the crew get out of here, and uh, we'll talk some Conley. Oh, athletics, oh, oh, but... guys, guys, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Do you think that Nate Connor could slip in, and he would just sleep through it? 
Wait, what, huh? Do you think Marvin would sleep through the... Like, if you just left him in the chair, he would sleep through that? Probably so. Yeah, yeah, more than likely. Yeah. Uh, I, I put Marvin to sleep, as I do maybe a lot of our listeners. I don't know. Uh, but, hey, stay awake for this one, because this is uh, going to be a fun chat with a former JHRO's quarterback, now the director of football operations for the Navy Midshipmen, Brian Blick, joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. We talked to Brian last year, and Brian, great to have you back on the show. How you doing today? I'm doing really well, Cliff. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And uh, we uh, we talked to you last uh, last summer around this time, and uh, and glad to get you on again. And uh, once again, the, the Blick name um, is uh, a famous one around these parts. But let's recap it uh, for folks that don't know Brian. You uh, were a football star at uh, JH Rose, and also uh, on the Diamond as well. Growing up, right uh, here in Greenville. Uh, tell us about your your time growing up in Greenville. Yes, sir. No, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm probably better known for being the, the younger, younger, uglier brother of Jeff <laughs> and uh, the son of Joe Blick. But yeah, so I'm from Greenville, uh, born and raised, uh, went to St. Peter's and then went to uh, Rose High School, played football and baseball there, and then uh, went on to the Naval Academy after that to play football here. And once I graduated, I commissioned as a, a Marine and did five years active duty stationed in Cambridge, North Carolina, before coming back to Navy in 2017. And Brian, two questions on, on where you are now and what you've done. At, at, at what point did you know that you wanted to be involved some way in athletics, director of football operations right now at Navy? And, and kind of on that same note, at, at what point did you say, I want to I serve my country? Did that all kind of go hand in hand when you were able to attend Navy? Or was that something that maybe you uh, had thought about going somewhere else to continue your, uh, your football career? How did that all come about for you? That's a great question. Um, well, I think, one, um, you know, my family has uh, a Marine Corps ties. So both my grandparents, uh, grandmother and grandfather, were Marines down to Camp Lejeune. So my mom and dad are from the Jacksonville area, and then they relocated down to Greenville. Um, and so my whole life I kind of grew up rocking camis and, and being out in the woods and, and being the, the weird kid with face paint on, um, kind of playing war in the neighborhood. So that was me growing up and obviously playing sports alongside that when we weren't out in the woods. So I always kind of had a a pull towards the Marine Corps. And, you know, obviously um, the, the Marine Corps has a, a, a strong tide. So my, my grandfather was a heavy influence in my life. Now, when I got to high school, I had absolutely no inclination to go into the service. Didn't, didn't want any part of it. Um, and I really thought I wanted to get into coaching. And it was RV over at Rose High School. Um who I thought I wanted to be like, you know, I wanted to be a, a baseball coach. And um, so that was kind of my first interest in doing that. And then I think many folks from Greenville know that my, my father has been a coach um, down there in, in a lot of different leagues, peewee football out in Winterville and uh, Babe Ruth leagues with, with Pepsi for a long time. And now he coaches over at St. Peter's, a baseball and football team. So, it's kind of in the in the blick blood a little bit, and yeah. I thought I wanted to get into that. Um, and then when I started getting recruited at Rose, uh, the first team that reached out was actually West Point. And uh, you know, my 
back then they'd send you like a questionnaire and then the coach would call and I wouldn't return those calls. And I was telling my dad, I said, I don't want to go there. Like I don't want any part of this deal. Um, and so I just really stiff armed the whole military. <laughs> and then my uncle, um, ironically is a high school football coach down in Jacksonville, North Carolina. He, uh, he came up for a coach's clinic to Annapolis and he said, Brian, you gotta, you gotta give him a shot. It's really, really awesome place. And so I, I answered the phone the next time the coach called. And uh, shortly after that, we took a visit up to Annapolis. And I, and I fell in love the moment I, I stood on campus and uh, just loved everything about the place, what it represents, um, and the opportunities that it provided uh, for me and for my family. And so, um, you know, at, at the Naval Academy, you do have a mandatory commitment on the backside of it it's a minimum five years neither the navy or the marine corps i think a lot of folks probably don't realize that the marine corps is a department of the navy the subset and so we do have that option coming out of here so you know growing up with that little background of you know kind of playing war out in the woods with with the neighborhood kids uh camelot i don't know if people folks are yeah. familiar with camelot neighborhood off of fire tower so um yeah, so that was in the background, and so when I heard you could be a Marine out of here, uh, it was kind of uh, it was a done deal. That's an awesome story, talking to Brian Blick, Director of Football Operations at Navy, and said a lot of things I want to touch on there. First of all, Brian, if you want to try to catch RV and all his wins and championships, you're too late in your life at this point. I don't think anybody's going to catch him. Uh, another state championship this year. In fact, uh, earlier in the show today, we talked to some legends around these parts. Brian Weingart, Scott Rogers uh, from uh, Greenville Little League uh, down, down at M Street Park, and also Marvin Jarman as well, uh, Brian. And we, uh, we, we're we still keeping up with them. Talked to RV quite a bit during his run to another state title. It's unbelievable he's still getting it done. Wow, man, that's a tough act to follow right there. <laughs> I saw Marv uh, down at the bagel shop last time I was in town. <laughs> I tell you what, he is sharp as a wit. Oh, yeah. He, he knew my wife. Um, you know, we went to high school together, high school sweethearts. And uh, he's like, how's Kristen doing? And all this and that. I tell you what, it, it was awesome. But uh, I'm, unfortunately, i got to follow that crew. And Brian, uh, and, and – uh, w- you know, director of football operations right now. I mean, that's a big task for Kenny Amatololo's football program. But you mentioned coaching. Is that still something that, you know, you want to get into? Or do you want to be on the administrative side of sports? Like, well, what's the uh, what's the end game here with your uh, sports career, you think? Yeah, no, that's, that's another great question. So I, I kind of started off as I was getting out of the service. Uh, one, I just – I was offered this opportunity to come over here. I really, I really didn't know anything about what operations is and uh, what the support staff on a football team entails and athletic administration. I had no clue what that was. Um, so I just jumped right into it and, and went along. Um, and I think during the first year or so, it's hard to break out of that idea of, you know, trying to impact the players, right. what's happening on the field. And so, um, you know, to an extent, I wanted to get back into coaching. I wasn't sure if, uh, you know, if I wanted to transition afterwards. Um, but I think over time, you know, I've, I've kind of settled into this role and I really enjoy what I'm doing. I think it fits maybe my skill set as far as the administration of things. Um, and so 
really, you know, I'll, I'll work here as long, as long as they'll keep me and they don't, uh, coach doesn't get tired of me and <laughs> ship me off. But, um, you know, this is sort of the, the path for uh, athletic administration mm-hmm. and doing something in that route and athletic director type role. So I enjoy that side of, of sports. I especially enjoy here at the Naval Academy and the, the unique mission that we have to try and develop leaders of character that are going to go out and serve. So, um, you know, that part of the uh, of sports is appealing to me. So I, I think um, the good Lord had had bigger plans <laughs> when that door didn't open up on the coaching side. And so I'm, I'm happy to be where I'm at. Brian Blick joining us. Brian, uh, you know, the, the kids at East Carolina working their tails off right now, just like every school across the country. But, you know, what, what's different being a, a member of the uh, the Naval Academy, the Navy football team, as opposed to, uh, you know, an East Carolina, a North Carolina, an NC State? I know you, you haven't practiced and, and been in, in the shoes of one of those guys at one of those schools, but you have been uh, there at the Navy practices and everything you have to do outside of, uh, of practicing football as a member of the uh, the Naval Academy. So what what, what are the, the challenges uh, being there in Annapolis uh, compared to say being a football player here at East Carolina. Yeah, I would I would say that one of the major differences is the time commitments to things outside of football, and uh, most of our players are um, taking around eighteen to twenty credit hours each semester, and so maybe I'll give a rundown of what the daily schedule is. For yeah, our players and our midshipmen here and that might give some perspective on maybe some some natural differences than maybe what folks are used to at a normal school um so for our players uh they're waking up at 06 uh, 6 a.m and then if they have bumps or bruises or if they got an injury they come down to our football facility um and they get treatment with our medical staff and then at seven they have a, a unit formation. So they, all of our students live in, um, in one dormitory, the largest indoor dormitory in the United States. So they're all 4,400 are living together in there and they have, they're broken up into companies. So there's 30 companies that compromise the school. And um, so each, each morning at seven, their companies have a formation. They get everybody together. They pass word sort of like as if we didn't have cell phones or any other way to communicate. It's like a military holdover. You know, you got to get everybody together and talk to them. Yeah. So it's, it's more or less like a huddle. They huddle up in the morning at seven and they go down to breakfast. They eat with their companies, um, at seven fifteen, And then they go to class. The first class starts at seven fifty-five, And then we go on 55 minute classes with a, with a bell, you know, like high school style, the bell rings and they go to the next class. They do that um, until around. Uh, they do that until 12, and they come immediately over to our football uh, building after that, and we meet from 12:15 to 1:15, just on football stuff, and then we send them back to class. It starts at 1:30, and then from 1:30 um, till 3:20, they're in class, and then they come over, and we have practice at 3:45. And then we go until around six. And then if they got bumps and bruises, they, they go in there, get treatment. And then they go to dinner. And then they have study hall from eight until uh, 
they get done. You know, yeah. They're supposed to have lights out. You know, you've probably seen the movies, guys sitting under the blanket <laughs> and whatnot. Those are just our freshmen Okay, that are, that are under the blanket hiding from folks, but the, the rest of them are staying up late trying to get their their school in line. And the thing here is if you're if you're not doing well on the academic side, um, or it affects your military life. So, Man. you you know, you, you have these um, – this whole other chain of command on the military side that it's influencing your day outside of sports, which is probably one of the major differences between our athletes and maybe a, another school. Yeah. You, you know, the administration is not messing with the, the uh, running back at another school. It just <laughs> happens. Yeah. Um, you know, our guys are worried about getting haircuts and their uniforms are correct and they can't be late to anything. They're supposed to be early to whatever, you know. It's uh so there's a lot of stressors outside of football I'd say that I think puts pressure on our guys, but it's good. And you know, um I'll say this about you know, the, some of the guys that we just had come in, our freshmen. Um you know, we do an indoctrination period here is when you get to campus. It's about a six week boot camp. And uh, you know, this this class that we brought in most of them were recruited um, during COVID. So these guys we met with virtually, um, <laughs> some of them had never seen our campus. Whatsoever. Right. So they committed to us sight unseen, um, came here, uh, jumped in the boat, and, and uh, we didn't have one single guy quit. Wow. And so sometimes that, you know, the, when it's really tough, like with the school's tough, and the military side is tough. It's actually a little bit easier. You know, there's, there's a part of you that, that rises up to the challenge. And, and I think that's the one thing that, uh, that's been beneficial for our program. It's, uh, football is not mutually, it's not exclusive from the rest of the, the experience here at the academy. It's, it's all in the same. They go hand in hand. And so that's, that's one that I think I think is unique here about the Naval Academy. Yeah, great job painting that picture. That was a uh, that's a fascinating answer there, Brian. And I don't know if you can answer this. I'm curious that you know what percent of guys go in, Brian, that like you have a had a military background and are interested in that side of it along with football. And how many guys come in that really they, they came in because they got a, a scholarship to play football and kind of fall into and learn to love the. Uh, the, the the navy lifestyle you know what i'm saying could you put a percentage on that of how many guys are they want to be there for the military side and the football side and then guys that just want to play football that they kind of fall in line yeah i would say uh probably about 99 percent of guys that we get as um as student athletes or as our football players had either never heard of the naval academy had zero interest in joining the military wow and so it is um it's a steep learning curve yeah, and it is a lifestyle adjustment, you know, and you're talking about putting a 180 on, on what direction you were going and then what direction you're going into now. Um, so it, it, that is a, a difficult deal. Now it's probably not the answer that the Naval Academy wants to hear. You know, they, they like to know, think that all of our players are, um, wanted to go here their whole life, but it's just, it's simply not the case. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, a lot of times the first interaction that any of these guys had with somebody from the Navy was one of our coaches walking down into their homes to meet with them to explain 
the opportunity we can we can provide for them. And so, uh, yeah, it, it also presents some challenges too uh, once we get them here um, to help you know keep them in that military uh, construct. You know what I mean? Like uh, you're you're having to mold them into this, this certain type of person that maybe they had no exposure to before. Yeah, that's not the answer I was expecting. I was expecting at least a lot closer fifty fifty, maybe more so. On the, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty fascinating, Brian. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like we have a little bit of a saying in our building: like the guys that want to be here probably can't play football. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it's sense. True. Like, you know, so um, we got to find guys that one can play football yeah. first and foremost, and two, then we're we're screening them academics um, to make sure that they're going to be able to to make it through this place, and that we're going to be able to support them to do that and so that's that's it we can't recruit guys to play in this conference um they can't play football you know that's that's it Brian Blake joining us. Brian, a couple more, and I'll let you run. I know you're much like the students on a, uh, a tight schedule as well, but I appreciate your time today. Um, Brian, I talked to Tommy Sugg, South Carolina color analyst, and asked him, you know, what stings more, the the losing record in the SEC or losing to Clemson? And and I'll I'll kind of format that into a question for you, a bit of a touchy subject, but, you know, what stings more – as a as a marine like yourself, as a navy man, um, the you know the the down record in conference play, the losing record in conference play last year, or the two losses to Air Force and Army, what kind of stings more at the end of the year? Yeah, no doubt, it's the uh, Army and Air Force games <laughs> that sting the most. Yeah, I mean, each year, that's our number one goal is to go win the Commander in Chief Trophy, which, as you know, is awarded to the winner of the the Service Academy Games. And so, um, you know, it's it's one of those deals that you, if you have a losing season, uh, but you beat those two, it ain't that bad. And so um, you'll be you'll be happy with it. Now, if you, you come out to losing season and you didn't beat those folks, it's it's going to linger with you for the rest of your life. And uh, yeah, so we we got a little bit of a, a chip on our shoulder this year. We got to get back um, on top with those guys. And, you know, we're excited for the challenge. Three and seven last year is not what we expect from a Ken Niamatololo team. So much success um, for him there in Annapolis. So how do you rebound this year, Brian? Who are uh, who are some of the players you'll be counting on this year? We'll be uh, watching on the football field. Yeah, so we're excited about the team that we have coming in this year. Um, you know, last year, there's a lot of stuff going on across the country. And, um, you know, that was a tough season for everybody, but especially for us. And it was a learning experience too. Um, you know, what, what we learned from last year is we didn't get to do spring ball and we didn't have summer workouts. Our players got here at the end of July and we started camp within three weeks. And then, um, you know, we were, we were practicing, uh, not to get beat by COVID, and then we got beat by BYU <laughs> and everybody else. Yeah. Um, but what we learned last year is that we can't afford to skip steps in building a team. And, you know, we're not that type of a program that where we can do that. So, you know, every step along the way 
is critical to spring ball and being super intentional about it, our, our off-season workouts in the summer, so on and so forth. And, you know, I think it started with getting the right captains in place. And we think we got four really strong senior leaders that are um, that are going to be good players for us this year and, and have been over the past several years. But most importantly, pointing us in the right direction. And I think they're going to give us the chance to go out on the field and, and compete um, at a high level. And really, that's that's all we can ask for. If Navy can be um, can can be in the game late in the fourth quarter. Then, then we like our shot. And so that's all we can ask of our guys. And we're, you've seen our schedule. It's pretty tough. And everything yeah. from the AC has a, has a tough schedule. There's there's no breaks. But, um, yeah, we're excited about our team coming back, and, and we're looking forward to seeing how we do on Saturdays. We'll be paying close attention to the opener as Navy takes on Marshall. The Pirates will face the Thundering Herd a little bit later on in the 2021 season. Brian Blick joining us. Brian, when you're done with your long career uh, in football, uh, you, you have a future as a color analyst, uh, you know, talking about the game. You give some tremendous answers. You're great to talk with. So as a host, I really appreciate that, Brian. And uh, and also I want you to know your Rose Rampants are in good hands. Will Bland, former EC wide receiver, uh, now entering his second season as head coach. And, man, they put up a boatload of points. I bet you wish you were back in that offense the way they put up some points last year. So uh, everything's good to go for you back here in Greenville, Brian. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Brian, uh, thanks so much, man, for your time. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see you later on this season as the midshipmen and the Pirates face off coming up on November 20th. And we'll talk to you again down the road, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. God bless. Brian Blick joining us today on Pirate Radio Live, Director of Football Operations there with the Navy Midshipmen. Great to uh, to catch up with the former J.H. Rose star. Let's uh, take a time out. We'll come back when we return. We will visit with The Voice. Jeff Charles makes his weekly appearance on Pirate Radio Live. We'll talk about what's going on with ECU football and the American Athletic Conference. That's on the way when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. Selectbank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency from maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk. Town Insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back into Pirate Alive. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. A winner's Wednesday will make you a winner coming up in hour three. We'll open up the Pirate Radio booty bag. Also, a couple of guests will join me inside the Pirate Radio studios. Bryce Williams and the head football coach, the D.H. Conley Vikings, Nate Connor. So, a big hour three on tap. 
But before we get there, we need to talk to the voice, Jeff Charles, who joins us on the Fixed NC Live line. Talk some pirate football, talk uh, some AAC and more. Jeff, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Cliff, and football season is here, isn't it? Football practice starting today, and uh, the guys have all reported in, and so we're going to be talking a lot of football, I think, for the next uh, four months or so. Excited about that. You can check out Pirate Radio's social media uh, and see the pictures, the video, and comments from Mike Houston after day one of ECU fall camp. And, Jeff, the Pirates have to get themselves prepared. They got to know the opponent, uh, first up, App State, and also – they have to battle COVID once again. And Mike Houston said on Monday when he joined us on Pirate Radio Live that 121 out of 125 football players have been vaccinated. Not a foolproof plan, Jeff, but when you're trying to stay on the field, stay on the practice field, be able to play on game day, that seems to be uh, an important number there. And uh, and Mike Houston's just hoping uh, that, that they're able to go through somewhat of a normal season in 2021. Well, we all have our fingers crossed, Cliff, but uh, obviously things have uh, changed a little bit here in the last uh, couple of weeks with this situation. And as I talk with some of my colleagues uh, in the American and in college football, there is certainly some concern as we get ready to start fall practice and as we get ready for the season, which is like, what, three or four weeks away. So we've got our fingers crossed. That's about the only thing I can say, Cliff. Um, We're not out of the woods yet. Yeah. We were hoping we would be in a different situation, I think, when you go back to the early part of the summer. But things have changed here in the last couple of weeks, and there is a mask mandate now in so many places, including at ECU on campus. So that's really not a great sign. So let's just hope that uh, we can have a normal football season. But right now, as I mentioned, there are some things and things that uh, we have to uh, get through and some hurdles it looks like we're going to have to jump over again this year and saw this coming jeff after greg sankey sec commissioner announced uh, the forfeit word mike oresco saying earlier today that games will not be rescheduled this year because of covid if teams can't play they will have to forfeit so we're talking about instead of going from canceled or rescheduled we're talking about wins and losses depending on uh, who was unable to play in the game so Something uh, to, to keep an eye on there as well. Yeah, no doubt about that, Cliff. As we all know, the Pirates were 3-9, and nine, uh, three and 3-6 last year, played nine games, didn't play the normal 12, and were fortunate, I think, to really get nine games in. And then basketball last year played 19 games rather than 30, and we're fortunate to get 19 games in. But when you hear the administrators, the conference commissioners, uh, those folks talking about, a contingency plan, if you will, if COVID, again, is more a part of our lives here this fall than it has been the last month or two, then that's not good. It means that they are making uh, plans to you know, deal with what may be coming down the road. So we're just going to have to wait and see. I know those folks work hard. They're very frustrated. But uh, you just have to do the best you can. Jeff Charles joining us. East Carolina picked six, uh, eighth, I should say, by the um, preseason media poll this year, Jeff, with Cincinnati on top of it. And we know UCF is going to be a major player with Gus Malzahn. And the, the Pirates in, a, in an interesting spot, Jeff, you know, behind Houston and SMU and Tulsa and Tulane. And it feels like that, you know, right there in the middle of the conference is, is doable for East Carolina. 
Uh, they finally got over the Temple uh, bugaboo last year, and and uh, we'll see what the Owls have coming up this season. But, you know, Tulane has had ECU's number. Just about everybody has, uh, to be honest, Jeff. But it feels like they're, they're moving up, they're inching up, and, and putting themselves in a spot to be there back in the, uh, the middle of the league. Well, Cliff, I expect East Carolina to be better. Uh, you have a veteran quarterback now in Holt Naylor's who's poised to have a good year this year. You've got weapons on offense. In the commentary that I did that uh, airs this month on Pirate Radio, I talked about what I expected for the Pirates this season. And we, I think we all feel like this team's going to be able to score points. You've got potent receivers, talented guys there. You've got a couple of running backs who are blossoming stars in the league. And we always seem to talk about the same thing. And uh, that is whether or not the Pirates will get good offensive line play. And then on the other side of the coin, if they can get good defensive line play. But I think we all feel, Cliff, that this team is going to be able to score points. Now, my question going into this league, can the defense be better? And it's a very difficult league to stop people in. We talk about that every year. And Blake Harrell, I always joke with the defensive coordinator of the Pirates telling him that he has one of the toughest gigs in college football and all the defensive coordinators in the American do because these offenses are so good. It's just so hard to stop these teams on a weekly basis once the season starts. But if the Pirates can get better on defense, and I don't expect them to be great, but if they can get better, and I think I mentioned this in one of the commentaries, if you could get get the defensive average down to 29 points a game, yeah. I mean, at one point in college football, that wouldn't be very good, but yeah. in this day and age, if you can just get under 30, if you could just get that defensive average to 29 points, I, I think this team will be able to score more than 29 points in most games and will have a chance to have a good season this year. And I think 6-6 six and six is certainly doable if the defense is better this year. So I think, I think it's all about the defense. I think the offense will score points, Cliff. I think the defense has to step up and be better. I think we're encouraged going into the year. There's more depth on that side of the ball. And now the second year with Blake as defensive coordinator. And I think folks will be more familiar with his team and what they need to do once they get out on the field. And so let's hope that some things come together and you stay away from injuries, which is always a key because even though I think there's more depth on this football team, there's still a, a drop-off from the number ones to the number twos to the number threes. So you've got to stay healthy. I know I say that all every year, but it really is uh, really is the case. Years ago, Jeff, you give up 28, 29, 30 points uh, a game. You, you get fired at the end of the year. Now you might get a, an extension and a raise uh, if you can do that in college football. I, I'm not going out on a limb, but I am saying this defense is going to be much better. I think the, the D-line still has question marks, but they have established guys at linebacker and the secondary, Jeff, uh, which – I don't know when's the last time we can say this. I think it might be a strength on the team with McMillan and uh, Powell and Nolan Johnson, and they bring in DJ Ford. I think they they finally have some horses there. Mike Houston very excited about that part of the uh, the team as well. Well, I agree with you, Cliff. I think they've got some talented kids back there in the secondary, and the linebackers are certainly very experienced. There's no question. And uh, Xavier Smith's going to head up that linebacking core, and we all know he's a really good player. He's an all-conference type of player. So they've got some kids uh, that have got experience now. They've got a little bit more depth. One would expect that they would be better. But getting back to your opening comment, when you talk about the league as a whole, I really think it's the big two. And then yeah. who is number three in the league? Right. Because as you mentioned, it, Cincinnati and UCF are bona fide top 25 teams. 
I think both of them could be in the top 25 this year at the end of the year. But who's the third best team in the league? I don't think anybody knows at this point. Maybe SMU, maybe Houston, uh, maybe Memphis, although I think they're down from what they've been in past years. So I think it's the big two, and everybody's scrambling for number three and to kind of get into the middle of the pack. And then you've got the other schools, another two or three schools, are trying to stay out of the basement. So it's going to be an interesting year. And uh, we'll see if uh, Cincinnati and UCF, they have a – target on their back and yeah. that's always difficult you know going into a season so we'll see how they respond to that and Gus Malzones and he's an outstanding coach but at the same time it's a transition and oftentimes first year coaches and transitions things always don't go smoothly so it'll be interesting to watch that situation in Orlando yeah uh, the bronze up for grabs in the AAC uh, in 2021 Jeff Charles joining us on the fixed NC live line Mike Oresco uh, loves to talk about the the teams and the talented players and coaches in his league. Today, he also had to talk about the conference realignment and everything going on with that, Jeff. And he came out and said today, quote, our conference has never strategically aligned or plotted with ESPN to influence conference structures. Uh, he said, we wouldn't do that. ESPN has never done that and would not do it. We uh, consult with our television and business partners on issues related to our conference. Everyone does. But any suggestions or statements that we colluded with ESPN uh, with regard to the structure of any other conference is a completely unfounded and grossly irresponsible accusation. And that's all I really have to say about that at that point, at this point, end quote. So he is referring to Bob Bowlesby from the Big 12's claim, uh, I think this time last week, that the AAC and ESPN were plotting to uh, to grab some teams from the Big 12. This is a, an ongoing situation, Jeff, that you get new rumors, and I don't know how much true news you get every day, but you certainly get rumors. Yesterday it was Kansas to the Big 10. A couple of days ago it was Florida State and Clemson uh, potentially reached out to the SEC. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just kind of watching this sitting back, Jeff, and uh, you can't control it. Um, but it is, uh, it's something you got to follow because it's going to impact East Carolina one way or another down the road. Yeah, it does. And remember last week, Cliff, we talked about Oklahoma State going to the Pac-12. Yeah. seems very far-fetched, but that was out there a week ago. I'll tell you what, if you read everything that's on the Internet and listen to all the talk shows, <laughs> it gives you a headache. Yeah. It gives you a big-time splitting migraine headache <laughs> when you try and figure all this out and and nobody knows at this point. Even the guys sitting around in the rooms trying to figure it out don't know where this is going down the road. So people like to have fun and come up with their little conferences. And this school's going here and that school's going there. And that's all part of the fun of college athletics these days. But if you're East Carolina, you certainly have to be concerned about which direction the American is going or could go. And you just have to do the best you can, like we always say. And it's going to be interesting to see where college athletics is in the next uh, couple of months because who would have ever thought this would have happened with Oklahoma and Texas and yeah. they kept that thing quiet, as you well know, Clip, for a long time. And then all of a sudden they they broke it open and it had probably been talked about for at least a year. So even though we say these things happen quickly, which they do as far as when the public gets wind of it, uh, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and – in this case, a lot of people were able to keep their mouth shut and didn't spill the beans until, <laughs> of course, uh, it all came public. So who knows? You kind of just uh, sit here, and then all of a sudden, you know what, breaks loose and everything changes, and we're kind of still in that situation. 
Jeff, uh, we are 29 days away from East Carolina Appalachian State. We are one day away from the uh, first preseason game. It's the Hall of Fame game there in uh, in Canton with Pittsburgh taking on Dallas. And I got a buddy who goes every year to the Hall of Fame. He's got some family there in Canton, Ohio. And I believe he's going to the game tomorrow night, Jeff. And I don't know the geography around those parts where you are in Michigan, how close you are. But have you ever have you been to the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame? Yes, I have, Clip, and I was a mere youngster. I was a youngster. I, I was a kid. I, yeah. I wasn't very old at all when I went there. It's about three and a half hours from where I grew up. But I must have been maybe 10 years old when I went there, and I don't really remember a whole lot about it, to be honest with you. But Jeff, there were, only, uh, there were only two Hall of Famers, I think, when you visited back then, right? Yeah, probably so. And <laughs> they still didn't have the they still didn't have the headgear anything like they have today. But yeah. it was uh, it was a fun experience. I went over there with a, a friend of mine and his dad, and it was an all day trip over there and back. And cool. So uh, yeah, what I remember about it, it was it was fun. And then I had a friend in broadcasting who was still in broadcasting, whose father was very much involved. He was a sportscaster in in Kent. He was very much involved in the Hall of Fame every year. He was the MC each and every year for the banquet and so he used to keep me updated on what goes on behind the scenes at the Hall of Fame but I need to get down there and, and see it again. Clip, I have also been to the Canadian Football League Hall of Fame in Hamilton, Ontario. I oh, went wow. through that maybe it's been a long time ago. I guess it's been 20-25 years ago but that was really fun because it was a cold rainy day and there was like nobody in there and so you could really take your time and and go through and see all the exhibits, see all the great players that played up north, including some of the Pirates who were in the Hall of Fame. You think of Danny Kepley in the CFL Hall of Fame and the other guys who've made their mark uh, up north, and they are recognized in, in Hamilton, Ontario. So that was fun going through the CFL Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Jeff Charles joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Jeff, we made fun of the Tigers earlier this baseball season. How about Detroit is only five games under 500, and they're a series away, Jeff, from being second place in the AL Central. Now, they're not going to catch the White Sox. Nobody is. They're not going to make the playoffs, but uh, I remember our chats earlier back in April, May, Jeff. Things have uh, turned a little bit for the Tigers. They've become a, a competitive ball club on the field. They, have they a, really have. A winning record at they home, really- too, Jeff. Yeah, they really have, Clip, and I follow them on a daily basis being up here in the summer. They're 12-6 and six since the All-Star break. Now, they got off to that horrible start. They were 9-24 and 24 huh. after their first 33 games, and they were just buried, and everybody thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. But give A.J. Hinch, the manager, a lot of credit. He kept them together. And then that young pitching staff, they've got some great young arms on that staff, and they continue to to get better and, and to improve. They're being really careful with those guys, Clip, with the Casey Mises and Terry Scoobles and Matt Mannings. They're, they're really limiting their innings. I mean, these guys will go out and they will pitch four outstanding innings and be ahead uh, in the game, and next thing you know, they'll take them out because they're just really watching their pitch count. And I think that's smart. They're looking for the long haul here with this uh, team and franchise. So they're doing so well. And then, of course, the talk up here, Clip, is Miguel Cabrera. And he had his 498th career home run last night. Hmm. He's certainly a shell of what he used to be. He's 38 years old now. And it's kind of fun to watch him adjust with uh, the age factor that he has now. Most of his home runs are hit to right field. 
and he just he just stays back and he's still so good with his hands that he's able to like to steer the ball to right field and, and just get it over the fence which he did last night but you don't see the Miguel Cabrera that's going to pull the ball you know 470 feet down the left field line anymore but he's still got a little bit left in the tank a uh, lot of excitement around the Tigers and around uh, Cabrera especially these days only two games uh, two home runs away from 500, so there's a lot of talk as to how they're going to handle it when they go on the road, because they certainly want him to get 500 at home. And then he's around uh, 55 or 60 hits away from 3,000. So he probably won't get that this year, but going into next year, he'll be knocking on the door probably of 3,000 yeah. hits. He's had a great career, a Hall of Fame career. Uh, it's just uh, a little tough to watch him now at age 38 and yeah. not see the same player that we saw 10 years ago. Looks like a completely different person from the kid on the Marlins, Jeff, all those years ago uh, when he first came no up. No doubt. It's crazy. Uh, Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, the trade deadline this year looked like, you know, uh, what you do on a video game or fantasy baseball. It was unbelievable with uh, your your normal teams like the Yankees and Red Sox and, and Dodgers adding uh, talent, but also the Padres, the Giants were active, the Chicago White Sox uh, got better at the deadline as they make a push for postseason, the Mets adding Baez, everybody um, who thinks they have any kind of shot this year really went hard at the trade deadline. These playoffs uh, should be a lot of fun. It's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to look like the all-star game in some of these playoff series, Jeff. Hey, Cliff, talking about the All-Star game, I heard this note the other day. There were 10 players who played in the All-Star game were traded right after wow. the game or within the next week or two before the trade deadline, which yeah. is crazy. And I go back to thinking you know, years ago, I did a commentary that runs this month on Pirate Radio about the uh, 1970 All-Star game that had so many Hall of Famers and just had great, great players on that team. And you know, back in the day, you knew Al Kaline played for the Tigers, Pete Rose played for the Reds, and Willie Mays played for the Giants, and Hank Aaron played for the Braves. These days, of course, things are so different that you have big-name all-star players who get traded at the trade deadline, and it's a total different uh, game than it used to be. It's a total different business. And so, you know, that's, that's a lot different than it used to be. But you're right, so many of these teams were very active at the trade deadline, sometimes, you know, we talk in past years about the trade deadline and everybody gets excited about it. Not a whole lot happens. Well, that wasn't the case this year. A lot of a lot of teams uh, were wheeling and dealing out there and a lot of yeah. deals were made. It will be interesting to see if it pays off here in September. Voice will wrap it up this week in wrestling. I was uh, sad to see my, my favorite wrestler in WWE was released this week, Bray Wyatt, who uh, has uh, some bloodlines there. Uh, with the the Wyndhams and uh, and and every everything in his family that uh, he had back in the day wrestling, but he is now a free agent. We'll see if he lands with AEW, which they're picking up a lot of the old WWE talent. But Jeff, uh, what's going on in your wrestling world over there in Michigan right now? Well, we've got one more show to go, Cliff. It's coming up uh, one week from Saturday. It is called the Quake at the Lake. It is in Houghton Lake, Michigan, All right. our UWE Pro Wrestling Show at the Northern Center. It's a relatively new building. It's only been uh, in operation about four or five years, so it's going to be a great venue. It has all the bells and whistles in it, and it's just the right size to host the event. So we're really excited about it. Uh, again, a week from Saturday at 7 o'clock, 
And we've been working hard, selling tickets, and promoting the event. We've still got work to do before uh, next Saturday, trying to pull everything together. But we have one more to go this summer, and it comes on the heels of the show we had in Sheboygan, Michigan, on July the 10th, which was a really good show. We had a great crowd. It was a profitable venture. We did well financially with it. And so uh, it's been a lot of fun, Clip. Uh, as much as uh, a small business, it's, it's been, you know, a lot of fun for me. It's been yeah. a blast getting to know the wrestlers, the wrestling fans, and putting this thing together, and the sponsorships, and the promotions, and everyone that we've dealt with on this. And the people have been so good. We run commercials on radio, and we do newspaper ads, and we get newspaper stories in the local papers, and, of course, all the websites. And so it's been a lot of fun for me to do something like this. And, we're going to continue to look into doing it again next year when we come up here. That's awesome, Jeff. Uh, really glad. To, I know you, you put in a lot of work. It was a, a big idea, and you have put it all together and, and made it a success in reality, so that's fantastic. Voice, uh, great to chat with you, as we do every week here on Pirate Radio Live. We'll do it again next Wednesday. Okay, Clint. Thanks so much. There is the voice, Jeff Charles, joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line, the Vince McMahon of Michigan and getting ready uh, to return to his football duties very soon here at East Carolina. Let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number two, get you set for a big hour three of Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you right after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. Selectbank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. For the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the close to 50,000 followers today at PR927FM. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, uh, fun show thus far with Jeff Charles, Brian Blick, Marvin Jarman, Scott Rogers and Brian Weingart. Still a couple of guests left to go, including Bryce Williams and Nate Connor, the head football coach out at D.H. Conley. We'll talk to those gentlemen coming up at 5 o'clock. We'll talk some pirate football, some high school football, and more. Uh, Jenny Shelton handling our video duties today, Chandler Honeycutt Audio, and uh, this will be our, like, our halftime interview. We're beyond halftime, just one hour left to go. But Chandler, I want you to interview jenny as mark Lindsay about how the show has gone thus far for her on this wednesday jenny you know for sure that you are a part of sales uh and it's it, that's tough for sure and seriously serious you have to be you, know, you had i can see it on your face you were thrown into the fire a little bit today tell us a little bit how the show is going on today so far um you running the show and all and um and uh a little bit about that for sure um First off, Mark, yes, obviously I was thrown into the fire, but everything's going great. Clip, don't you think everything's going great? I think it's going very smooth. Maybe For like, sure. Yeah, for sure, but, you know, 
I was thrown into the fire, and you know how those things go. Sometimes they could either be good or bad. Is it good or is it bad? It's going good, Clip. All right. He's interviewing you, not me. Um, You know, I usually ask Mike Houston uh, questions, and he never looks at Donnie Kirkpatrick and answers the question to Donnie Kirkpatrick, for sure, a little bit. But uh, that's a first for me, and I can see it on your face, for sure. But, uh, Jenny, you're doing a really good job today, for sure. Thank you. I uh, I would agree with that, Jenny. Uh, fantastic work thus far. Chandler doing a good job coaching her up, and uh, and we are we're rolling right along. Yeah, it's uh, almost time for the five o'clock hour. That it is. And uh, what are we giving away today, Chandler? We're going to give away a two to- a large two topping pizza from Domino's. Domino's, uh, get the door. It's Domino's. Get the door. Three locations in Greenville to serve you a fantastic giveaway for a wednesday edition of pirate radio live i got hey, clip. guess what hey what i've been doing football photos while i've been sitting here hanging out yeah guess how many days until what until football kickoff do you want me to say it or spray it you want to go show them how yeah. many days you want to walk through all right let's do a walk through bingo bingo bango a little impromptu 29 days. Let me fix the camera right quick. 29 days from East Carolina and Appalachian State. We're in the two. It will go down at Bank of America Stadium in the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina at the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Somebody took a picture today and put it on the Twitter machine. And let me get that gentleman's name. That was Andy Cesario. Andy, come on down. He took a picture of the scoreboard there at Bank of America Stadium. And it says first and 15 at the 45-yard line. I can't tell how much time's on the clock. But it says East Carolina 28, Appalachian State 28. What a good game. I and know. I'm actually a little worried. Should we be doing or getting ready for a fifth quarter Collins show right now? Um, Chandler, if I told you right now that at some point in the game it would be 28 to 28, like would you take that right now without seeing what happened beforehand? 100%. Yeah, yeah, you take yeah, that, right? Uh, considering that we're 11 and a half point dogs, yeah. uh, you know, I, I would take that all day. Is this a sign? Will the game at any point be 28 to 28? And I'm trusting that Mike Houston has this program where they're ready to go in the fourth quarter. We've seen that in the past years where, you know, we've lost the games in the fourth quarter, being there so close the whole game. Hopefully this is the year that we can get over that hump in the fourth quarter and win some ball games and go to a bowl. I have a question. Uh, yeah. I'm just really confused. Why is there a bowl game in the beginning of the season? <laughs> it's it, just confused me the whole time. On top of mayonnaise, like really, it's, it's not. Dumb. Mess- it, yeah, but I will say this: I like these games. And then on Saturday, it's Georgia and is it Clemson, Georgia? I want to say that is. So this is like those a, are better than bowl games. So this is like a thing that's going to continue like a kickoff. after this year. Yeah, you know, like the Chick Fil A kickoff yeah. they do in Georgia. And I'm, I'm not a the big Texas, fan of that. There's one in Texas all the time, like at uh jerry world yeah they do these things but i actually am glad that we're a part of that this year a part of the the, the kickoff games this year kind of no nope. it being on a thursday kind of we're not like a jar of duke's mayonnaise yeah. we're like the packet they give out at fast food places <laughs> just call it something else not a bowl game that's at the end it's a kickoff it's a kickoff classic how about that 
I like it. All right. Can we tell them? Bryce, trash ball. You ready? Look at that. Bryce hands. William in the house. Great hands. Great hands. I like that. That's a good ball. It's a great ball. Thank you for noticing. This is the trash ball. I cleaned out my space, and I had a lot of trash and Dang, made a trash like, ball. Yeah. And we'll be testing hands during the show in the 5 o'clock hour. All right. Uh, let's take a time out when we return. Bryce Williams is here, and the head football coach of the D.H. Conley Vikings, Nate Connor, will join us as well. We are ready to roll. Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live on the way after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Keep your vehicle clean with the Pirates Cove Car Wash Fast Pass. The Fast Pass allows you to have unlimited car washes every month at every location. Pirates Cove Car Wash has locations in Greenville on 10th Street, Fire Tower Road, and Memorial Drive. Pirates Cove Car Wash, the ultimate car wash experience in the official car wash of ECU Athletics. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. We've got a great giveaway coming up. Large two-topping pizza to Domino's. Got that for you later on this hour. And a couple great guests as well to talk some football Bryce Williams, former East Carolina tight end, joining us on his regular Wednesday. Bryce, how you doing, man? Good. How are y'all doing? Uh, fantastic. And also the head football coach of the D.H. Conley Vikings, Nate Connor. Their practice got underway earlier this week. Coach Connor, welcome. Thanks, Clip. Pleasure to be here in person. Yes, sir. Great to see you. And uh, glad to be talking high school football with you in the fall rather than the spring, yeah, right? Definitely. Got through definitely. it, though. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about your upcoming season a little bit later on in the show but uh bryce today east carolina first day of fall camp that's exciting so they reported yesterday first practice today uh i think helmets only today yeah and they'll work their way into shells and, and full pads but take us back to uh, those days bryce the, the first day of practice that was that it's definitely exciting moving day is always fun i've actually got a good picture of a uh, stewart henson when we were moving and he looks like a goofball but uh like I said, we talked about last week the anticipation so um, so high, you know, knowing that the season's right around the corner. But um, gosh, to finally get back out there, you know, and structured football, you know, summer was a grind, and uh, knowing the season was coming, and especially senior year. I mean, every year was exciting, and you know, trying to set new goals for yourself, and obviously team goals and things like that. So um, I was as you were talking about it, and just all these all like the flashbacks were just like coming at me. Um, but super excited, and um, I'm, I'd like to hopefully get out there and watch some fall camp. We'll see. I was going to ask you about this, and you guys were talking about it uh, during the break there, uh, about a conditioning test, because Monday when Mike Houston was here, he didn't say anything about a, a conditioning test, and, but made the point that when the guys show up Wednesday, they'll be ready to go, ready to practice. Yeah. So, Coach Connor, you were saying maybe they do something like that beforehand, before Well, fall you know, camp. they're they're all summer working out. 
with Coach Big John, and yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they they might do that test with him beforehand, or you know if they're there all summer, I guarantee you they're in shape. So there's probably not a concern with that. Bryce, you remember? Uh, you said you remember your condition test mm-hmm. here at ECU, right? What did you have to do? Pass it was uh, we had several, um, but the one like before that first day for us was a super long day because we had a condition test at like what was it like 6 a.m. or something, and it was 16 110s. Um, I think big big skill was 16 seconds or so. Um, so not too terribly, like you said, because we ran all summer. But um, we had some guys who were a little, you know, didn't pass it. I think had to, like, redo it, like, that next morning or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Just stride it out. Yeah. So uh, nothing nothing too tough. Was that with uh, Connors yelling out the numbers as you're running? Oh, yeah. I remember you used to do that at the end of practice. Oh, yeah. You do the numbers. And I swear his stopwatch was way fast. It was always, I remember um, <laughs> Coach Walker. I liked when he counted down. You know, because it seemed a little slower. But Coach Connors, my gosh, it went from it from 10 to 15. You know, that one second and like that. I'm like, what the heck? I think he did it on purpose. But yeah. uh, what what is this point of camp, the first week, Bryce? How much are you diving into – X's and O's is really about kind of more the general stuff. The yeah, big just picture. Your, yeah, just your general, um, you know, plays, getting everybody. Um, I'm sure they had some uh, walkthroughs, like bond voluntary, whatever you want to call it, walkthroughs in the summer, but um, just a lot of getting the playbook down pat and, you know, making sure you're running everything sharp. And then about that last week is obviously when you start hunting in on your uh, opponent and everything like that. And figuring out the depth chart, East Carolina's got to do that for, oh, for several positions. Yeah. And, and and we've gone over kind of your career. Your last year, obviously, you were the number one. Your junior year, you were the number one. Mm-hmm. How about 2013? Mm, yeah, well, Hardy was still there. I guess I was number one. but As a tight end, but not at the end. slot. Yeah. And we, and depending on what formation we were running, um, you know, I would start a game. Like, if I would start in the backfield, then obviously I'd, I'd be starting. So I had several starts, but as far as, like, the why, which I was, you know, Hardy was that number one up in and the number two and the number three, yeah, and would never me. get off the field. Yeah, never. Bryce has talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he should have shared some love with it. Yeah, tag it. But uh, tight end, one of the positions this year, Bryce, we're going to keep a close eye on because there are finally so many options for East Carolina. Mike Houston yeah. told us Monday, you'll hear the clip here. He had one tight end in the room when he got here. And they would put uh, Jeremy Lewis there and, you know, uh, Jeremy from his time at South Central. And just to have somebody there, Xavier Smith, who's the team's top tackler now, uh, played over there. But he's finally got a tight end room that he likes. And here was Mike Houston on Monday talking about the tight ends. There was one on the roster when I took the job. Yeah. So, And then you had, what, Xavier Smith. They moved him over there, I think, before you got here. Um, the kid from South Central, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy uh, was playing there. So now you have a real tight end room. Yeah, you know Jeremy did a great job for us. You know, filling in. It's not, it's not where he really wanted to play. It probably is not the best suit for his skills. Uh, but he's a team guy. So you know, he helped us out there and got us to the point we are today. So Jeremy's back uh, on defense where he wants to be. But I really like our tight end room. And uh, yeah, I mean Shane. Uh, as a true freshman, played a ton last year, did a great job for us. You know, I, that kid's—he's he, incredible. He's an incredible person, but he's—he's he's really going to be a good player. Um, Ryan Jones, you know, elite athlete. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a transition for him. You know, can he handle everything? If he can handle everything, you know, with the scheme. If he can handle everything with just functioning in our program, you know, daily kind of deal. Um, you know, he's got the ability to be an impact player. Um, Aaron Jarman really solid 
I mean, solid, solid person, solid player. Uh, he's going to be an impact. And, uh, you know, you, what what role is Zach Bird going to play? You know, it's, I had a long talk with him before he went home that, uh, you know, he, you know, if he tells me what he wants to do. And you know, so I told him what he's got to do to do that. And so he's got the opportunity. And then Brian Gag, I thought, had a solid, uh, you know, a solid spring. And uh, I think there's a role for him, too. So. Is your base offense one tight end on the field, two? Uh, one. Just yeah. 11 personnel. That's three receivers, uh, running back, yep. one tight end. Yep. That is the offense, Bryce, and mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of tight ends to, to get that one spot, although they could go multiple. It sounds like almost that Aaron Jarman is the blocking tight end. I don't want to like pigeonhole anybody, but he's a blocking tight end first. Ryan Jones, maybe a pass-catching tight end. Shane Calhoun, mm-hmm. maybe kind of both, uh, yeah. as he played as a freshman. But, heck, it's just great to have options, finally. For sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we've talked recently, you know, having all those tight ends, being able to, you know, actually have a real goal line, you know, formation with 13 personnel or just, you know, short yards, put 12 out there. And um, I think it's exciting. Like I said, now, now that we've talked about it, I know that the ball's rolling. You know, try and get out there and just eyeball a few of the guys. Yeah, we need your uh, your scouting report. Yeah, on these uh, yeah. On these tight ends. All I right, play a prank and wear like one of my old polos, team polos, and a notepad. Yeah, and act like I'm a <laughs> scout. That'd be hilarious. Let's do it. We'll get the Pirate Radio cameras out there to film that. I thought you were going to say you would put your old jersey on. That, well, Coach K, I might need to get in his ear. Maybe he will. Yeah. Speaking of Coach K, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick joined us Friday, said that, you know, Ryan Jones is a guy they're going to use in the slot some. They're going to move him around kind of like they did with you mm-hmm. uh, just to find those mismatches on yeah. the field. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. Bryce Williams joining us. Uh, and this is for both of you guys. So, Bryce, you, were, you went through the – the college football preseason and practice, uh, some in the pros as well, and, and Nate as a high school coach. Saw yesterday, it was described as a brawl at New York Giants practice that ended up with Daniel Jones in the bottom of the pile. You never want to see your quarterback down there. Mm. But these things happen, Bryce. Uh, you know, get into specifics if you'd like. You don't have to. Yeah. But how often – we'll start at East Carolina. How many mm. – uh, how many fights were going on out there at practice? It really went on, which Coach Rupp didn't let the fights, you know, fester too much. I mean, not to jump schools, but it was funny. Marshall, Coach Holiday, and then they let the fights just go on. I mean, they they enjoyed it. It was it was, it was quite entertaining. I never jumped in on them, but yeah. uh, it became you know it's how you see like one one guy offense defense gets into it, and then everybody else joins in, and I just kind of watched and just ate, my pop, <laughs> ate some popcorn, you know, and uh, but. You know, Marshall, there was a lot, but ECU, we didn't have too many, but it was mainly like O line, D line. Yeah. Um, that really got into it. I never really, never got into it or anything like that. Um, Coach Rupp didn't let those, like I said, you got punished for those. Um, and then some in the league, but not too terribly much. Um, I forgot where I was. I might have been the Patriots. Um, you know, we had a, a fight and it, of course, didn't work out because I think Belichick was maybe past that time. Um, <laughs> So I didn't have to experience too many things. Of course, you get heated out there. Yeah, I mean it makes sense, especially the O line, D line stuff. How about at the high school level, Nate? How many you got to break up out there? You know, it doesn't happen that often. It does happen when when it's hot out and there's there's tempers going sometimes, and guys are competing. That's just natural. Uh, But you know, you always make sure that it it stops on the field. I think the biggest thing is the coaches. You don't want to say giddy up. You know, we always say we don't want to say giddy up. We'd rather say, whoa, buddy. So it's a good problem to have in some ways that, 
you got to pull guys back from being aggressive, but you also we can't be out of control. We can't be doing things in games that are going to get penalties, and so, so you have to keep a fine line on it. And sometimes you might get a fist bump from one of the assistant coaches is, is fist bumping the guy because he's excited, he's yeah. being aggressive, or standing up for somebody. You know, we've got helmets on, we got shoulder pads on. It's it's not like we're we're throwing down out in the street. Uh, that reminds me, that was some, some great lines there, Coach. Mike Houston today was asked by Glenn Griffin uh, if he had to pull some guys back from going too hard on day one. Hit uh, cut eight for me, Chandler. It is it's kind of a mixed bag. You know, you have those guys. You know, I'm, I'm worried about uh, Demetrius Mooney tackling somebody on day one. Uh, and Bruce Bivens bringing the hammer right, on day one. Yeah. And, 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 but, you know, but, you know, we didn't have anything too bad today. But you had those guys, and then you got, like I talked about before, you have maybe a, a, a younger guy that's not real sure of himself yet, and you got to try to speed them up. So it's pretty common day one stuff today. Uh, you know, they'll kind of fall into a, you know, fall into a rhythm here in the next couple of days. But, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be pulling them back than trying to speed them up, you know, especially with the older guys. There you go. That's exactly what Nate Connor yeah. just said. Must yeah. be a head coach. Very good. Uh, so that was Mike Houston today. Coach Connor, you're on, uh, what, day three? Yes, today was day three. You know, we go all summer. We were able to do a lot of different things with our workouts, but today was day three of the official fall practice. And uh, we'll dive into what's going on with D.H. Conley football in uh, in just a little bit. But Bryce Williams, 29 days away from kickoff. Mm-hmm. East Carolina and I saw State. saw Jenny when I walked in. She was, yeah. She had the sign. I had her sign. So Getting, that's exciting. We're in the twenties, man. What that's are you, crazy. coach? You're uh, what? Couple of two and a half weeks away, something like yeah, that. Two weeks from Friday night, man. Dang. So it is wow. here. That's uh, that's exciting stuff. Let's get a break in. We'll come back more with Bryce Williams. We'll have to go Pirate Radio Outdoors with Bryce. Find out what he's been catching uh, on the boat this week, and also when we return, we'll talk DH Conley football with Nate Connor. <laughs> Brian Bailey was going over the new conference earlier this week, Coach, and he said, Conley's good, Rose is good, Newburn's good, Jacksonville's good. He said, everybody, I said, Bailey, somebody's got to lose. <laughs> like, what a, uh, a bear this conference is going to be. We'll talk about that and some of the personnel for the 2021 D.H. Conley Football Vikings when we return after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Thinking of remodeling your home or business? AG's Home Solutions has been serving the remodeling needs for Eastern North Carolinians since 2017. The company specializes in additions, kitchen and bath remodels, historic preservation, commercial upfitting, and new construction. AG's Home Solutions offers a full-service design center and showroom staff with a knowledgeable sales and design consultant ready to help with any remodeling project. Visit aghomesolutions.com to get started today. And let's head back into the show. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. We'll make you a winner. Coming up at the end of this segment, a couple of great football minds here with Bryce Williams and Nate Connor inside the Pirate Radio Studios ECU practice 
day one. We'll be covering it every day for you here at Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our social media sites. Got pictures, got video. You can watch Mike Houston's entire post-practice press conference uh, online on YouTube. Uh, go to Pirate Radio TV, subscribe there, and see all our videos. All right, uh, Coach Connor, uh, we will talk some Vikings football. Fresh off a spring season and now into the fall season, uh, what uh, what was the layoff like, if at all, if any, for you, uh, coming from you know playing late into the spring to getting ready for fall? You know, it was it was really an interesting year because at this point last year we still weren't sure if we might play in the fall. So we were still getting ready and preparing, and then the, around this time is when the state came out and said, "Hey, we're we're not going to be playing in October." This thing, they set the dates and set the schedule, so that kind of gave us a timeline. But we worked all through that time, just a couple days a week, uh, and then we got to the spring. And once it was over, it'd been a long season, uh, and long through this whole COVID process, we we let the boys step away. We're always working in the weight room. Uh, and doing that and then we got right back into it it was like we had spring football though in a long ways a longer spring football period that you get in college or in some other states so a lot of stuff was still fresh with some guys and it was good for that aspect yeah and i remember uh you had a flashback talking to todd uh leip right before the announcement was made that you guys were going to play in the spring and at that point it was literally like one or two days uh, before it was announced and he said at this point we just want a decision yeah exactly because you're out there on a on a, uh, a tightrope, like you said, uh, practicing, getting ready, but you don't know for sure if you're going to play. So, uh, and I thought, and look, I wasn't, I was on the outside looking in. I wasn't in it like you were, but I was, just, I was happy they were able to get it the way it was. Like it, it probably wasn't the best situation for you, but they were able to get it all in, right? It did work out yeah. in that aspect that everybody got theirs in. It was, it was obviously weird playing, you know, baseball still going on three weeks into the summer that was that was different in the spring but it was good during everything all that we endured that that we all got something in it was very positive in that aspect so day three of practice for you today and as you said you guys have been working out so what what's different that you're allowed to do now compared to say last week two weeks ago well you know not a whole lot we, we still can't have contact day three and you know in the summer we're able to wear helmets and shoulder pads and all those things but we don't we can't have contact so you have to have bags there's no body-to-body contact so we're still building through all those things and but it's it's starting our calendar and our clock that on saturday day six we can have full contact and basically we're in season at that point how different is your roster uh from a few months ago to to now we had a really good senior class this past year um and this year we don't have as big of a senior class so we're, we're a little down on some of our numbers uh from our senior class this year but the ones we got have been fantastic and it's really good group of seniors uh we lost you know, about you had about the same attrition you have every year in high school football. We lost some linemen, we lost some defensive players. You know, a couple of running back and you know two running backs. So, so a, a good wide receiver, and we got some young guys ready to step in. Well, I talked to Will Bland last week, and, and it depends on who you ask about the overall numbers. Uh, kids showing up for football. In his case, he said the numbers were great at Rose. How about a DH Conley? People showing up for it. You know, it, it's gotten better. It has not been what we've had in the past, and I think it's a combination of the the, year, the senior class we have this year is not because of COVID. It was just kind of the way things played out mm-hmm. uh, in that, so it's a little smaller number there. And then our freshman class last year, all through everything, did not was not as big. It's been exciting that I think our freshman class this year is starting to uh, – 
to come in and be a little bigger than than we were expecting a little early in the summer. So it's been a little different. We're not numbers wise where we have been, uh, but we still got a good group out there. Bryce, you were talking off the air when you played high school football. You were a wide receiver in a running offense, which wasn't always the funnest <laughs> thing to do. Should have played over at Conley. Uh, Coach Connor likes to throw the football around. I know, Coach. You got your uh, your quarterback returning, right? Bryce Jackson is, is coming back, and he uh, he had a really strong junior season you know in some ways it might have benefited him to play in the spring allowed us to really develop him and get more comfortable in the offense and he he really did a nice job and now you feel he's got that game experience that he just had so he played baseball and we you know once football season was over he was right in the baseball season and he wasn't back until you know they they lost in the eastern finals he was right back with us so he stepped away from it but us playing so fresh and close to it he was ready to step right back in people remember that name and that face if you see him from the greenville little league team that went to williamsport and uh you said he gets teased about that quite a bit but uh (laughs) great athlete uh who else uh coach will you be relying on on the offensive side this year so so we got a couple new names that that we're excited about um some guys that played last year i think it all always is going to start with us is up front on the offensive line And, and we've got some guys that returning starters from last year uh, and Bryce Weaver and Jaden Hunter, who we really thought as sophomores played really well. Um, and then they're coming back, and, and they're veteran guys who we're really excited about on the offensive line. And then we got some, we got some young receivers, uh, a guy named Cooper Markham, who plays tight end, who plays some receiver. We're able to move him in and out in line, flex him out. He's a really pretty dynamic athlete. It's hard to find tight ends. And Coach Houston talking about tight ends and getting those guys – that's not an easy position in the high school ranks to find. So I'm sure it's hard to recruit, but we feel we got a pretty dynamic guy in him and what he's able to do with his strength level and his athleticism. You're going to be uh, in a league coach where uh, there's going to be a lot of points put up on the scoreboard by the Vikings and by other teams. So how are you going to slow those teams down? How about the defense this year? We, uh, we, our coach, our defense coordinator, AJ Price, does a fantastic job. I know he likes to get back and forth with you. Yeah, on, we've on, gone on back on social media a, a little bit. So uh, you guys, you guys are the Twitter guys, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, the, some of those offensive linemen are going to have to play defensive line. We're going to have to have a good mix there. Um, we've got a linebacker who had a fantastic jun- uh, sophomore season and Ryan Carter, who's coming back. He's, he's dealing with a little bit of injury stuff, but he'll be back with us. And then we got some guys in the secondary that are some pretty dynamic athletes and, and Justin Foreman, Jai McCuller, um, and, and Isaiah Crumpler, who who we think can really do some good things for us. The Crumpler name, uh, man, it, uh, what a legacy that is. And this is. Uh, this is Carl Lester's son, right? It is his son. son. Yes, Carl Lester Sr.'s son. He is uh, he is a fantastic young man. Plays basketball as well? Plays basketball, runs track. He uh, he played, was all-conference in basketball, was on the all-conference team. I'm not sure which one, whether it was first, second, and but varsity basketball. And he was a state champion qualifier uh, in the 400 and wow. the 4 by 2 relay in track and field. Phenomenal athlete. Whatever those crumplers decide to do, they're good at it. Whether it be sports, I think there's a musician, like whatever they do. They they have an elite mindset. They're, they're yeah. special guys. That's awesome. Uh, Coach, just ballpark it. How many of your guys play other sports at Conley? We've got say? a good bit. You know, yeah. We encourage it. We, we love it. I think this is the best time in their lives to be able to do that. Bryce Jackson, our quarterback, plays um, you know, baseball played in the Eastern Finals. We had a young man in Walker Kaznov who plays linebacker for us, who was wrestling in the state championships. Uh-huh. Um, 
Then we got so a bunch of guys that play on the basketball team, run track. I want them to. I want them to play football in football season. But then they, that we we encourage them, and they're a big part of our school success and our other sports too. Bryce, you were a hooper. We we've seen highlights of you dunking. Uh, mm-hmm. You didn't play baseball, right? No, what, did you I do did, anything else? I did track in the during the I guess the, yeah the baseball season. So. What was your track event? I uh, did the hurdles four by four and the triple jump. You probably just like step over the hurdle, right? <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Were you good? Uh, I yeah, I guess so. What'd you do? Tell uh, don't be don't be uh, shy. Uh, I did I did the three hundred and the one ten hurdles, and then I'm my senior year I made it to the state nice uh, finals. Uh, no state. What was it? The uh, prelims or something? I lost by like the top three or something like a hundredth of a second. But I look back at my times, like what I ran in that heat versus the finals. I think it would have been like top eight in the state or something in 4a um in the 110 hurdles so that, that was fun i enjoyed that and then the regionals and mess like that but I, I enjoyed track it was fun i got more nervous doing track than i did in football i guess because it's such a individualized right. thing um so yeah you can't hide out there no you can't <laughs> not at all so it was it was a good time i missed track it was fun you see the video of the olympics where the runner fell down and got up and still won Oh. I don't know what the event was. Wow, it happened last oh, week. Seen that. I also saw. I've seen some fails in the Olympics too, which like they're funny, but man, you, you hate it for. The, there was one with the uh, the long jump where oh, the guy gosh. just kind of face planted into the dirt. Oh god! And he's been practicing for four years. Yes, yeah, <laughs> my buddy happened. just sent me a video on Instagram. It was of this. It was actually I didn't know it was a hurdle event, the one ten, or I guess yeah, them on the one ten, and he was doing all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the first hurdle, he and just just gets all entangled in the first one. I said, "Golly, that would have been." I mean, yeah, like you say you practice all that time and save the gestures for the end of the race, right? Oh, right. So. That's why I say just silent assassin. You know, Nate, have you had any Deshaun Jackson moments where a guy drops the ball early or does a little hot dogging and you gotta you gotta reel him in? You bit. know, we haven't – I don't think we've had that where we've dropped it before the end zone. That's not – that's easier done than you'd think it yeah. is. When you're running towards the end zone and all those lines and you're passing, you kind of think you get there, it's easier done yeah. than, than you would think. But we haven't – we kind of have a thing. Where we've had some celebration penalties sometimes where <laughs> when we get our defensive guys do something, they, they kind of like to get a little excited and uh, – we have to pull the reins back a little bit there. Yeah, and, and I mean it's a fine line too. Sometimes yeah. you've got refs that are a little trigger happy on it, probably. That uh, yeah. Well, would... we don't ever want to do anything that shows somebody up. Yeah. You know, if they're celebrating and having fun, but we can't ever do anything that's going to get us a penalty in a detrimental moment in the game that's going to hurt our football team. Well, coach, uh, how about the conference this year? Uh, it is going to be a, a murderer's row. We talked about it earlier in the show. You could have a team with what two, three losses uh, that wins the conference, yeah. wins three uh, A. Yeah, Texas. Texas was calling to see if they could get involved in it. And, no uh, kidding. Yeah, yeah, but they they decided for the SEC money. <laughs> but no, it's an exciting league. Uh, you're going to get some great coaches, some great programs in Eastern North Carolina every single week. Uh, the guys here in Pitt County do a great job. Newburn played in the Eastern Finals this past year uh, in 4A. You got Havelock who played for the state championship every week. You're going to have to bring it. It's going to be a fun challenge. But also, what's exciting too to me is. You know, one team wins maybe one game. That doesn't mean they win the conference. I think any time, any game, any week, 
it's going to be hard to win a game. Yeah. So that conference race is going to be wide open. No doubt. It's going to be fun to keep an eye on those standings. How about non-conference? Who's on your schedule? So here? so we open up with Laney out of Wilmington. Um, and then we're going to go to Cary over in the, in the Triangle area. Uh, Cleveland, week three, over in Johnston County. Uh, they've got a really good team. They're always tough, right? They have a great program. We've had a couple run-ins with them in the playoffs, right. and it's. Uh, I think you called maybe both of those games, and I think we lost them. But uh, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but I, my record's not great when calling. It's not. We're not going to bring that up. Yeah. Though. And mm. uh, so we're excited. They they played in the state championship, so we feel we're going to really be challenged and see some really good opponents to prepare ourselves. Uh, for a really strong conference run. Most recently, it was Northeastern because I remember the young Freshwater brother uh, yes. was a member of that. Yes, yeah. yes. Sorry I got about some that. traveling too. That that is Goodness. that is a little bit of a challenge. We are going to have to travel to some places, uh, but we we feel we're going to play some really good teams. Is that your call to play that competition and to to make that travel? You know, yeah, that's that's part of it. you want you want to. I think these teams travel well when it comes to gates and everything, and I, I do. And, and you know, I talk with Coach Maloney, our AD, and we kind of factor all those decisions into it, but. We, we really want to try to branch out and try to play some different teams and, and see how we match up and, and see different schemes and things to help prepare ourselves for the conference season because the teams in our conference are really tough. Yeah. Opener coming up Friday the 20th? Yep. we, we uh, Laney comes to town on, on Friday night at 7 o'clock. And um, planning to have that right here on Pirate Radio. I, I sure hope so. Okay. All right. We'll see. Uh, high school huddle returning with Morgan Aylers and – uh, one of my favorite programs, Coach Connor, a, a part of that as well. Morgan does a great job. Yep. Somehow talking all Pitt County teams, all area teams in an hour. I don't know how he does it, but uh, that's going to be returning to the Pirate Radio Airwaves coming up in a couple weeks as well. So excited about the uh, football season. Uh, anything else, Coach, we need to know about your Vikings heading into the year? No, I'm just we got a great group of young men that have worked really hard uh, through, a, through a challenging year. And uh, I'm excited to get out there. It's really fun this time of year to be thinking. We scrimmage next week. We start our scrimmages. We'll have some teams come in. And I'm excited for our boys to get that. Even though we just played in April, um, we're just, and that's so weird for us. But uh, it's fun to have it back in the fall. And there's nothing like Friday nights in fall. And I guess uh, when you get a day off on Sundays, you'll be watching the Jaguars this fall. I didn't know. I, I didn't know you were a Florida guy. <laughs> hey, look, we, we got we got Trevor Lawrence coming to town, and uh, Urban Myers. A lot of excitement. Yeah, and with the Colts. Tim Tebow. Every, Tebow, man. Now I'm all I'm all on the Tebow train. Let's let's get him some some burn at tight end. Unfortunately for the Colts fans out there, Wentz is down. Quentin Nelson's hurt, so you might have just moved up a spot. AFC South wide open. Well, Titans are a pretty hefty favorite, I would say. Hey, the Jaguars went to the uh, to the conference championship two years ago. Let's not forget that. Maybe three. Yeah, a little longer than that. <laughs> but that, yeah, they were there and they were beating the Patriots. They right? were, and then everything fell apart. <laughs> All right, let's uh, tell you what. We got to take a timeout as we do. Let's make somebody a winner, Chandler. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250, the number to call. The prize today is a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. Chandler, what caller you want to Let's go to? caller number nine. All right, caller number nine, 317-1250. We'll be back more with Nate Connor. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors with Bryce Williams. Bryce, there was a fish caught somewhere locally, and uh, it had the human teeth look to it. And uh, we were asking, I wonder if Bryce has ever caught one of these. So we'll ask you about that, and we'll find out what you've been up to on the water when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcast, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. And congratulations to Ray Odom of Winterville, the winner of a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. Domino's of Greenville has three locations to take care of you. Every day, all, all three topping pizzas are only $7.99 each for carryout only. Order online today at dominoes.com. Let's head back into the uh, excuse me, head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, Chandler. Got thank you very much. Tongue tied there. Yeah, I make him nervous. Jenny and Chandler are doing a great job today. Yes. The revolving producer. Thanks, Bryce. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to go in there and talk to you today. I know. I've yeah, been busy. It's, it's been busy. quiet over there in that booth. <laughs> in that booth. We're, co- we're concentrating real hard, Bryce. Y'all, you know? yeah, y'all, doing something. y'all just listening attentively. They are doing a great job. Uh, Nate Connor joining us. Bryce Williams here. And, and Coach, you've uh, the pipeline from... Conley to East Carolina has served the Pirates well with Holden Naylor, C.J. Johnson. And uh, what do you think about those guys heading into 2021? I'm really excited for them. You know, uh, I think they've had great off seasons, and it's always, you know, there's always a lot of optimism right now. And it's exciting to see all their hard work come into fruition. And, you know, they're, they're going to be, Holton's going to be, uh, a technically he's a senior, but he's a junior on the field still. So he, he's got a lot, they've got a lot of experience in this system now, and I, I can't wait to watch them play. And when, you know, things were going on last year and they would get together and I think you would help out a little bit, right? When's the last time you've seen them work out wise? You know, I haven't seen them work out. I was, you know, that's, that was the weird thing with the fall last year. I was not doing anything. I was able, I never get to go out to practice and I got to go out to watch them practice some last fall. And that was a lot of fun and really got to enjoy watching the college football season, not worrying about things we were doing in the fall and seeing a lot of their games and following and staying in touch with them during the season a little more and, uh, you know, during the pandemic, we got to do a lot of different things workout-wise, and, and it, it, it's always fun to be around those boys. That's an interesting point. You were able to enjoy college and NFL maybe more so than you have in years past. Absolutely. I, I asked Mike Houston Monday, who's a Cowboys fan, I said, how much are you going to watch of the Hall of Fame game Thursday night? There's a game tomorrow night, Bryce, uh, Cowboys and Steelers. Oh, God. On TV, you can watch wow. it. I said, how much are you going to watch to Coach Houston? He said, probably none. Yeah get out of the office maybe around 10 30 11 so might catch the end i always forget that mm. you know just because they're football guys doesn't mean they can watch it yeah. they're, they're you're concentrating on your own deal right yeah. at 11 o'clock at night after being there since six in the morning you probably don't want to go watch the fourth quarter of a cowboys preseason <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't even want to watch it uh, regardless but no yeah you're, you're right all right uh let's go pirate radio outdoors with mm. bryce williams and well. uh bryce before we get to what you've been able to do there was a story on uh from wral it says the fish with human teeth called a nags head will give you nightmares uh this is a and you identified it right away what's it mm. called sheep a sheep's head a sheep's head fish we got uh, a post of it online uh, on our social media sites but <laughs> the top row of teeth looks like human teeth human teeth and even the bottom oh yeah and then there's several others back there in the mouth it is not a pretty sight but uh does have some pretty choppers there you ever call one of them bad boys (laughs) yeah we've called them there i catch them around docks and uh piers and stuff they crunch on i guess little crabs or uh 
barnacles and crustaceans and that's what they got them things for okay um but yeah i've caught i've caught several of those and they get big and they're strong and fortunately my finger has not been caught in one of those because yeah is it weird yeah is it weird catching a fish that's smiling right back at you <laughs> it is weird that's the first fish to ever be happy that i caught him it was weird <laughs> uh, so but yeah so I, but and he was either even happier i let him go and that's a good size one right there oh yeah that's they look kind of they do look kind of pretty from the side yeah they are they you get those mixed up at an initial glance if you're going to vote with a black drum because they got a little bit of like the stripe deal going on as well but they're shaped a little different but uh they're a fun fish to catch and like i said they get big that's a good size one for sure um so i have caught them and uh they are good to eat though oh really mm-hmm. good taste yeah, okay good, yeah they're good t- tasting fish all right what have you been up to uh since last time we talked bryce well i've been outside i was you know i went home uh-huh. this weekend because my brother had his third third kid and uh, so went home, visited time there. But I went. I was out in Mother Nature. I golfed, and Mother Nature got the best of me. A.K.A. the course that they decided to lay out. Was what you shoot? I ain't gonna say. Was it bad know. hole placement? Uh, you know, on I'm the old, greens. Is that yeah, what you're it playing? just was a uh, bad hole. Greens weren't to my standard. Um, <laughs> you know, just things like that. It was a little windy, and uh, I'm not gonna say what I shot on air because it would be terrible. Um, we'll just hey, we'll just say it can only get better. Okay, we'll just say well, that you broke a hundred, right? <laughs> Whoa, uh, <laughs> it was bad, dude. The the course was so narrow. Like I said, I'm back in Winston. Out here, it's so flat and open. A lot of excuses going part. on yeah, right now. True. <laughs> a lot know, of excuses. I did have a kink in my neck from I did not sleeping good. Back was tight. <laughs> How many balls did you lose? Uh, enough to get to uh, over a hundred. <laughs> 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 it was terrible. I mean, it was golly, it was horrific. Well, so, you've been in the boat. You ain't been on the course. exactly. I've yeah. been on the water. I yeah. feel like I maybe my legs weren't sea legs. Sea <laughs> yeah, legs. sea legs. I had sea legs on the on the green. <laughs> that is a new one. I hadn't heard it that. It was one. bad. So you know, I was out there, and uh, Mother Nature got the best of me. But I'm gonna get her back. So. All right. So while yeah. we're on the subject of golf, and not to show you up, Bryce, but Chandler, you uh, what'd you shoot? You said on the weekend. I'm I broke 100 at Ironwood, 96. There we go. I'll take that. I would have been super happy with it. I haven't played that horrific in, I don't, probably since I first started playing. It was terrible. But I would have been that, ecstatic for a 96. That was my only time, my, my second time at Ironwood. Beautiful course out there. But uh, I was glad to break 100. I was yeah. like, man, I love it. Yeah, I was like, it is. It's a good time. So, and, I, I, you know, I was with my brother and one of my buddies. And, uh, Fortunately, my brother and I, Misery Loves Company, and he was playing terrible as well. So, um, and then my other buddy showed us up. So, didn't get to get in the water, and hopefully, we'll get to this weekend. So, uh, no fishing. Uh, well, I guess I my ball you. went in the water. <laughs> so, you didn't go fishing for the ball? No, not at all. Okay. So, like Happy Gilmore and jump in the pond and go fishing yeah, for the ball? Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately not. But this is our first Pirate Radio Outdoors without a fishing story in, in, in uh, months. In months, yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping to get uh, get on the water this weekend or in some fashion do something with my boat. Nate, uh, are you a fisherman? I love to do all things outdoors. I, I haven't been fishing in a while, but I love to get out there and fish, play some golf, all those different things. Yeah. What? Uh, when's the hunting season coming up, Bryce? Isn't September? Well, I guess your first really deal is dove season, and that is Labor Day weekend. Yeah, Labor Day is when that opens so, up. Yeah, and I, I, I haven't actually gone several years because i've been at the beach i'd love to actually go it'd be it's a good time when does turkey season start i saw a few of those on the side of the road the other day that's in the that, spring yeah that's a long yeah that's in the spring oh man yeah and then bow season will follow early or later september 
mid late September. So it's getting there. I'm wow. seeing a lot of deer. So we'll. So what are uh, you got plans this week to get back on the water? Well, it's um, Anna's sister's boyfriend's birthday. Tomorrow. You always got man. Some you always got some family stuff going on. I know. On. So Saturday <laughs> is uh, we're celebrating his birthday in Raleigh and all that. But uh, I need to see your family tree. The branches, so. man. He's a family man. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's a everywhere. Good yeah. Man. So Y'all we're leave him alone. I know. So we'll see. Maybe like. Well, I guess I do have hope. I don't have to be in Raleigh till like two. So I'm gonna oh, try yeah. and get out there Saturday morning in right. some fashion. Or Good you deal. can come watch football, Bryce. Yeah, we need to get that, you out there too. Wait, that, mm, I could put fishing off to go watch some football. There we can still count it as uh, Pirate Radio Outdoors. That's true. I was outside watching practice. I saw a lot of football players. <laughs> yeah, I may have to get an that open field option. That right. actually wouldn't be a bad idea. Good Donnie deal. Made me run. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pirate Radio Outdoors with Bryce Williams and a cameo from Nate Connor. Let's take our uh, final break. We'll come back. Uh, get some final thoughts from Coach Connor on the upcoming high school football season and also uh, a little more football talk with Bryce Williams to wrap up a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back to the show live well move more and hurt less with connecticut kinetic physical therapy if you're recovering from an injury getting back into sports dealing with everyday pain or fatigue then Kinetic Physical Therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic, good Lord, Kinetic has national certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy on a state-of-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit KineticPTGreenville.com today. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Rock. Thank you. Let's wrap up this show, baby. <laughs> that was tough. Uh, All this reading has uh, got my brain fried. Reading is fundamental. Chandler hadn't read since high school. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> it's really catching up with him right now. All right. Uh, we've got O's baseball for you tonight. Orioles won on Monday. Got clobbered by the Yankees last night. We'll see what happens tonight in New York. Coach, our Braves taking on the Cardinals. They are going to lose because every time they win, they lose the next <laughs> night. They are on a an historic streak of win alternating wins and losses uh we're able to beat the uh, redbirds last night they'll play them again tonight on espn at eight o'clock so they still got a shot though right they still got a shot division yeah bryce uh great to have you in here man yeah thank y'all for having me football time we'll hope uh it is hope you get you out of the practice and uh we'll i tell you Jenny got, i mean i'd love to go fishing but i could probably get some maybe i'll go in the middle of the week i mean i'd like to see the practice and obviously go on on a weekday yeah would be perfect. I mean, a weekend would be. Hey, Coach, uh, what do you got coming up? You got practice and uh, any scrimmages, anything like that? We'll practice the rest of this week, and then uh, we'll start scrimmaging next week. Wednesday, we'll, we'll scrimmage sat- Wednesday morning against Tarboro, uh, and then on Friday, we'll go out to Wilson Fike and uh, do, hit a jamboree out there. Nice. I don't know anything about Tarboro this year. I'm just going to assume they're going to be really good. They've got Is a great a program, and they, they've always they've got a good program. Every year, uh, they are. They got some studs over there. 
Uh, Nate, thanks for joining us, man. It's a pleasure, Clip. Really appreciate you having me. We'll talk to you again soon, Bryce. We'll uh, see you next week. Yes, sir. Jenny, great job. We made it through the show. Good job, Jenny. All right. And Chan Man, I'll see you tomorrow. We will see you. Wait, are you going to tell me good job? I was going to say I'll see you tomorrow. But you did a great job, too. (laughs) He did even vocal warm-ups like uh, Ron Burgundy. Maybe that's his problem. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? Unique New York. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you fail to prepare, you prepare. Makes makes piss poor performance. What'd you say? (laughs) Poor preparation makes piss poor performance. Wow, Chandler. Let's Remember that tomorrow. That. Wow. Not that you did. I'm just, I'm just, that was what does jerk. that mean, no, Bryce? That was a statement. Not saying you were bad performance. I'm just saying. We'll see you Thursday, 3 o'clock, on an all new edition of Pirate Radio, Pirate Radio Live. Now I'm screwing up. So long, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.